Recording live from Studio Chanteau, outside of Detroit, Michigan, you're listening to Scotty Freytown and Tyler Dean, The Outside Blitz! And welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. I am your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the uh, tenacious, titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler Dean, what's going on, baby? Doing great. How you doing? Yeah, I'm doing well. Um, you you had a hell of a, a fun weekend. You got to watch the runs all over the place from your boy. Three <laughs> um, quarters. For, yeah, it was just a mess. Um, so uh, welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to The Outside Blitz. Uh, we, we've got... Uh, Week ten stuff going on. We got scores to get to. We got we got some news. Nothing ginormous, um, but but we do have some news around the league going on. Tyler and uh, this one was actually a pretty entertaining uh, week. I, we we had some great primetime games. Yeah, we, we kind of talked about this last week, and yeah. all three ended up being good primetime they, games. They all wound up being very close. They all wound up being uh, um, just fun ones to watch. I mean. Even though one of them, you know, I was over there kind of crapping my pants a little bit. I, <laughs> it, it was still fun to watch. Um, so in kind of a bad week for us because um, you won the week at five wins. Uh, really? Eight losses. Ouch. We had a rough week. Yeah. Oh God, it was just bad. Um, but we we did have a lot of a lot of kind of stunning upsets. We we had some ones that that I mean we kind of didn't see coming, and then we had some a lot. Ones. Yeah, Actually. and and then we had ones that I mean they were close. There were there were some close ones. I I know um, we'll be getting to to a couple of those in a minute here. I I, I was kind of looking at at what we had um, had picked, and and one of the one of the games came down to like uh, like three points, two points. Um, you know, they, they were tight games. So I can't sit there and say you know oh yeah these were were horrible horrible losses. Um, we had one huge surprise um, that that came on uh, Sunday afternoon and the late games, um, and and I I've just I'm baffled by it. I, I just I'm absolutely baffled. But I I would say there's more than just one huge surprise. Well, I mean, you get, you get, there's been there was a few. There there was a few. I mean there there were some that I I, I mean see I can't call it a huge surprise when a team loses by like a point. I'm talking about the Saints getting wasted. Well, yeah, I mean, that one was a huge surprise. But, I mean, when we're talking about, like, I mean, the Bills and the Browns, like, like I mean, I can't say it was a huge surprise, you know, especially with, with how the Browns are stacked. Or, you know, the Dolphins and Colts, and the Colts don't have, you know, their starting quarterback on the field. I mean, stuff like that, I, I just can't. But well, let's, let's get down to it. We'll jump into the scores here. Um, Tyler, you ready to roll? Let's do it. All right, here are your scores for Week 10 in the NFL, starting with the Chargers and the uh, Raiders here. The Raiders top the Chargers 26-24. Raiders jump to 5-4. Chargers drop to 4-6. Uh, Josh Jacobs, the hero, again, second week in a row. He gets the go-ahead 18-yard touchdown with a minute two remaining. Um, he's just been an all-star for them all around. I love seeing um, this. Proving us both wrong on and, and this um, rookie running back out of Alabama deal. Yeah, and, and you know, he's he's a good, hard-running guy. I, I like what he's doing. Um, you know, Phillip Rivers had himself a, a pretty quiet game, to be honest with you. Uh, Melvin Gordon kind of came alive again, which was, was kind of interesting to see. Uh, Jacobs didn't have a whole ton of yardage, um, but he also was kind of limited on his carries. Uh, the team was very, uh, very vanilla. It was it was a very defensive battle 
in in this one, uh, particularly you know when it came to the quarterbacks, they couldn't get anything done through the air. Um, Derek Carr only 218 yards. Philip Rivers only 207. Uh, Rivers actually wound up having three picks on the day. I mean, it was it was kind of a defensive battle. I mean, the score wouldn't say it, but it was. Um, the Raiders top them here. I, you know, so I got to ask a couple questions. The first question I have is. You know, and, and this was something that, that was kind of brought up in an interview with Brett Favre. Brett Favre has gone on record as saying John Gruden should be um, thought of for Coach of the Year because of everything that went on with his franchise to be sitting at 5-4 and four in contention for the division. Um, do you look at John Gruden as potentially a Coach of the Year candidate at this point? With, with all the stuff that went on with Antonio Brown and all the stuff that went on with, with losing Vontaze Perfect, and, and everything that went on with this football team, do you look at John Gruden and you say, you know what, this guy could be you know, the best coach in football at this point? No. I know. Why? Like I look at other coaches in the league that have, that have gotten, that made, some, made some noise and got things done. I, I look at um, the Niners. Yeah. I look at the Ravens. Mm-hmm. I look at the Vikings. Um, I look at the Bills. Yeah. Um, those are teams that are currently in playoff contention, getting it done right now, and Raiders have been hit or miss. And the Raiders, yes, the Raiders have gone through a lot of... Um, and they are still in contention. They are. Yeah. Um, they're not actively in, but um, they, they've, they've gone through a lot of um, issues throughout the, the season, the offseason, mm-hmm. but a lot of it is self-inflicted, too. They knew they were getting in Brown. Yeah, yeah, you knew you were getting in Brown. <laughs> You, you, you knew we were getting him brown. You took the risk anyway. And and he went in and he traded away Khalil Mack. And that was he, last year. So but but everybody looked at him like he's a crazy person. And here we here he is this year sitting at five and four. You know, but having Khalil good. Mack would put you more at seven wins right now. I don't know about that. I don't know because Khalil Mack right now is having a down year. I mean, you you got. That's well, because the offense sucks. <laughs> but there's questions there. You know, there's there's a lot of questions there. Um, that Brett Favre came out, and, and at the same time, if you're the Kansas City Chiefs right now, are you soaking your jockeys a little bit? Are you starting to get a little scared because those Raiders are right up on your heels now? Are you getting scared if you're the Kansas City Chiefs right now sitting at 6-4? and four? There's something going on there in Kansas City, and I think it's more defensive related because um, the offense is putting, putting up their points. I mean, Mahomes is getting his yards. The offense is getting the job done, mm-hmm. um, but the defense is allowing points on the board. I mean... 32 points and losing is not something that happens very often. No, not at all. Um, so, I mean, if you are if you are the Chiefs, though, are you getting nervous about the Raiders that are coming up behind you here? Uh, sitting at 5-4, and four, Chiefs are at 6-4, and four, are you nervous? Nervous for sure, but not because of the Raiders and the Raiders, and the Raiders have been hit or miss. I, I'm more nervous about my own internal team right now, and you, you got to get out of this funk because... Um, the last, all three of their games they've lost and it has not been because... Mahomes wasn't on the field. Right. And they've been tight games. They've been really, really close. Um, next up, you got the Lions and the Bears. Bears win this game 20-13. Mitch Trubisky has three patching, passing touchdowns on the day. Um, he's had two touchdowns in the previous four games. And then he comes out and he fires three touchdown passes. Bears go to 4-5. and five. Lions drop to 3-5-1. and one. Um, you know, in this game in particular, I, I thought, you know, Mitchell Trubisky, he didn't play really that well. Um, the, the numbers would say otherwise. Everybody says, oh, three touchdowns, boop, 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 boop. But 173 yards, he was 16 for 23. So, I mean, he was accurate for what he did. Um, he, he did make, and I'll, and I'll hand this one to him, 
he did make one really, really beautiful pass to Taylor Gabriel um, in the end zone. And Taylor Gabriel put a nice little move on it. Um, but, I mean, ultimately, uh, the Lions lose this one. Jeff Driscoll was the starting quarterback and broke Matt Stafford's starting streak. Um, and if I'd have known that Driscoll was new and starting, but at the time of broadcast last week, um, you yeah, thought it to be the Staffords. Right. I would have changed my vote. Um, Stafford, I, I would have picked the Bears if I knew Stafford wasn't playing. Stafford became a scratch on Saturday night. Mm -hmm. You know, so it was in, in Jeff Driscoll. He found out about everything Sunday morning. Um, I mean, it was a last-minute thing. Driscoll comes in. I mean, on such short notice, I, I can't say he played bad. You know, he, he had one pick, but he did have a one beautiful uh, touchdown pass to, to Kenny Galladay, and everybody said, oh, Galladay bailed him out. And I, I just didn't see it. I mean, he, he, he got, Driscoll fired it right into the breadbasket there. I mean, you, you, can't, you can't take that away from him. Did he play bad? No. Was it something to write home about? No. Um, Lions defense let Mitchell Trubisky kind of, you know, have their way with them. Um, offense couldn't get anything going. I mean, here's the Chicago Bears sitting at four and five. Eh, I mean, the Bears, I guess the technically they're in playoff contention, technically, but if you're like the Minnesota Vikings and the Green Bay Packers, are you really worried about the Chicago Bears at this point? In this exact, you're talking about the Vikings, you're talking about Seattle at this exact moment, and they both got three games minimum on the Bears. Right. They got they got two on the Rams, who are ahead of the Bears right now. It, right now, you're not, even, you're not even worried about the Bears. Yeah, no, I don't think you are either. I don't think the Bears' offense is good enough. Uh, to get it done. Not in the NFC. No, not at all. Um, next up, you got your boys, the Ravens. Uh, they dominate the Bengals 49-13. Ravens jump to 7-2. Bengals drop to 0-9. Um, Bengals now officially have the number one pick in the NFL right now and going into the draft. Uh, you had that last week. Yeah, your boy Lamar Jackson, seven total touchdowns in the last two games. He's had four through the air, three rushing. He had a tremendous... You can call that stat being between uh, not just two games, but um, only seven quarters. Right, and and but he had a, a tremendous, beautiful run. It was just the kind of the highlight of the week. We saw replay after replay. It keeps it keeps getting compared to the Mike Vick run um, against which the are Vikings. very very similar runs. They're, they they yeah. they both have this big run that's about the same distance yeah. ballpark. Yeah, it was and, and the then, same. then they both should have gotten tackled about halfway through it, mm -hmm. and then both made a very um, great move to get out of trouble and run for the house. Yeah, the, the spin by Lamar, he puts this beautiful spin out there. And Makes two people look stupid at the same time. Yeah, he, he just he rocked it, and, and it was a great touchdown run. Um, a lot of people were, were uh, talking about it. The Bengals, I mean, nothing really noteworthy. This poor kid Ryan Finley goes out there and <laughs> I felt bad for him. He just has a rough day at the office. Um, he didn't do anything really noteworthy. Uh, 167 yards. He did have a touchdown on the day, but he also threw a pick. Joe Mixon actually came alive a little bit. Uh, he did. Um, I mean, they he, basically um, dared dared him to run because they they had to, they had the pass covered. Right. I mean, it was it was just an ugly, ugly game, and uh, for the Bengals anyway. For the the Ravens, it was very entertaining. Uh, Ravens beat them 49-13. Just beat the hell out of them. Um, I got a, I got a little stat here for you. What's that? In the three games that Jalen Ramsey and Marcus Peters have been on their new teams, um, Ramsey has been targeted 17 times. Mm -hmm. 14 catches came out of it. Wow. Um, with a 14.4 yards per catch, zero picks. Marcus Peters has had 21 targets, mm -hmm. which he's not a um, like South Corner. We know right. that. Only 11 catches. 
Two picks, both pick sixes. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, two pick sixes uh, going into this week, actually, wasn't it? So he had one this week and one in his first week against uh, Seattle. Jesus. Um, next up, you got Bills and Browns. Uh, Browns actually beat the Bills 19-16. to um, Baker Mayfield had two passing touchdowns for the first time this season. <laughs> Dear God. Um, Bills jump to six, or fall to 6-3. and three. Browns jump to 3-6. and six. Uh, Browns are... I mean, I, I guess they're, they're nearing that mathematical elimination type situation um, when it comes to, to the playoffs. The, the Bills, I mean, Josh Allen had himself a pretty rough game here. He was 22 for 41. He had a, a lower completion percentage than we've seen regularly, but I, we also haven't seen him throw 41 passes in a single game. Uh, 266 yards, and they, they really didn't run the ball a whole lot in this game. Devin Singletary, I mean... He's averaging good, too. He, he had a good average. the ball, he could have gotten it done. The, the, the question of the day, and, and Devin Singletary has, has actually been making some waves there in Buffalo, quietly been very good. Um, eight carries for 42 yards. He had a 5.3 average. Josh Allen did run the ball a few times, but he just had a really, really rough day at the office. It was a low-scoring game. Uh, Baker Mayfield did get the two touchdowns. Nick Chubb had himself an all right game. Jarvis Landry, 97 yards and a touchdown. We didn't hear much from Jarvis Landry, Landry until uh, Sunday. So, I mean, the, the Browns get themselves a win. I mean, I really am not a big fan of, of Freddie Kitchens, and I really, I'm really, i still not a fan of Baker Mayfield right now. I mean, we, I'm, the first prediction of him may have very well been right. But... Um, and it was the first game Kareem Hunt was lost suspension. Yeah, yeah, and Kareem. They, he, he they didn't bad. blast him in, in there, but um, the times he ran, his average was really good. I believe it was in the sevens. Yeah, he didn't look bad. Um, he he looked like he was he was running kind of angry. Um, you can tell. Uh, he only had four carries, but he had 30 yards. I mean, per for the four carries, that's a 7.5 average. So it was really good. Um, he also had seven receptions for 44 yards. So I mean, he didn't have himself a bad game at all. Um, and, and given what he was used for, I, mean, I, I right. think you can, if you inflate those numbers and you give him 20 carries, you might you might see young Cream Hunt back in his old self. Now, if I'm the Browns and, and I'm going into um, if I'm going into next season, and and you know they did sign Kareem Hunt, I think they signed him to a two-year deal. Um, if they did sign Kareem Hunt to that two-year deal, which I, I believe they did, I'm talking about dealing him in the offseason. Hunt, yeah, yeah. I'm looking at it going, this is this is still a number one back. You can still play at a high you don't, level. You don't, you don't, you don't deal Chubb. No, I would not deal with Nick Chubb. I would deal Kareem Hunt and and get that. You know, you're going to get a second or first round pick for that guy. I mean, if you get a second for a guy like Kareem Hunt, you're in great shape. If, if I'm the Browns, I'm talking about dealing him at this point. Um, I think I'd rather him. keep Hunt. I think I'm getting more for Chubb right now. I mean, I don't know. That's the thing. I don't know that I'm going to want to deal with Kareem Hunt. I don't know that's that, that's something that I'm going to want to make happen because, or I'm going to want to deal Nick Chubb rather. I, I don't want to know that I'm going to want to keep Kareem Hunt around. I, there's there's too many issues there with Kareem Hunt. Nick Chubb keeps his nose clean. He's quietly been very very good this year. He's he's hit our top ten quite a few times. I'm I'm dealing with Nick Chubb. I'm keeping Nick Chubb around if I'm the Browns. I like the young guy. I'm going to go with him. Um, so I mean, it's I don't know. It's up in the air, but I, I think you deal. Kareem Hunt at that point if you have the asset. Um, next up, you got the Packers and the Panthers. Uh, this one was kind of a nail-biter. Packers beat the Panthers 24-16. Packers jumped to 8-2. Panthers fall to 8-4. Uh, Aaron Jones, three rushing touchdowns, second most in a game this season. He did have four earlier mm -hmm. in the season um, in, in what was a hell of a performance. Uh, 
Packers looking good. This one was kind of a nail biter. Came down to the one yard line. Packers stop them. Stop them. They, they, they snap the ball with two seconds left to try and get in the end zone. They stuff McCaffrey at the goal line. Um, and well, they knew where the ball was going. Yep. And and the Packers get away. They they kind of scoot away with one. I mean, granted, Panthers needed to get the touchdown. They needed to get the two point. But still, very good game in the snow. It was colder than hell, and uh, Packers get it done 24-16. It, it wasn't a monster game. Um, you know, I, it, it, I I can't, a lot of these, these performances because of the cold weather weren't humongous. I mean, Aaron Rodgers didn't barely do anything. 17 for 29, 233, nothing to write home about. Aaron Jones just got in the end zone. He had a really good average. He had 7.2 yards per, and then Devontae Adams came alive, seven receptions for 118. So, I mean, they, they had some really uh, um, good-looking games. Um, some good-looking like numbers for very specific guys, but it, it just wasn't a monster game for the team uh, and for Aaron Rodgers like you normally see. I mean, especially against an ailing, and I, I say ailing, Panthers defense. I'm sure. They, they have not been, been good this year. Um, next up, you got the surprise of the week. The Falcons beat the Saints 26-9. to Um... I mean, it was just confusing as all hell. I mean, the the, the Falcons outcoached the Saints. Um, Falcons dropped to two and seven. Saints go to seven and two. Or I'm sorry, <laughs> rather, I'm so used to saying the Falcons drop. The Saints dropped to seven and two. Falcons jumped to two and seven. Um, the Atlanta defense. Oh my lord! Six sacks in the previous seven games combined. Um, and and. Uh, they, they go out and they get six sacks against the Saints. They, they, they just hit home all day. I mean, just beat the hell out the of Drew Falcons Brees. just show the defense just showed up like, oh, you think we're bad? We're, 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 we'll show you. Yeah, I, it was just so confusing to see. I, I mean, like, like suddenly they have a pass rush. Like, like where the hell did this come from? And, and Matt Ryan didn't have himself that good of a game. 20 for 35, 182 yards. He had two touchdowns. Uh, it, it was just... It was just a kind of a, a, a non-Matt Ryan game. One thing that did happen in this game is Austin Hooper, and that's another thing. Even Austin Hooper got hurt in this game, and they still turned it up. And, uh, and none of the usual suspects really went off, per se. No, I mean, like Julio Jones, he had, like, he had three catches, and he totaled 79 yards. I mean, it wasn't a big game. But, but somehow, the Falcons just came out and just beat the holy high hell out of, out of Drew Brees. The Saints got outcoached. They got outplayed. It was bad. And Alvin Kamara, I mean, and, and one thing that the Saints did in this game, and I, I noticed it while I was watching it, was that they abandoned the run game. And, and it, it, I mean, look at the stat line. Alvin Kamara, four carries. Latavius Murray, five carries. I mean, why? Why would you abandon your run game? And then you see Michael Thomas put up these gaudy numbers and Jared Cook putting up these gaudy numbers. It, it was just so... Ah, dude, I just I don't understand why they would abandon their run game the way they did, but they did, and uh, it was your upset of the week for sure. Um, Falcons go out six sacks in the previous seven games and sacked Drew Brees six times. So <laughs> just I don't get it. Um, next up, you got uh, Giants dropping one to the Jets. The Jets jumped to two and seven. Giants dropped to two and eight. Um, it was the most combined points in the New York Giants-New York Jets game since week 13 of back in 1999. That's, that's old. That's insane. Yeah. Um, Giants just, uh, they, they kind of looked really, I mean, both defenses looked bad in this game. 
They both looked horrible. The story of this game is how the Giants couldn't get their run game going. Um, and and I, I kind of showed, you shut down Saquon, you win this football game. Saquon carries for 13 times for one yard. I mean, that's <laughs> you shut down Saquon, you're winning this football game. A um, couple of guys that came alive in this game for the, for the Giants, it was Darius Slate and Golden Tate. They, they each got two touchdowns on the day. Um, and, and you got to see a little little bit out of Le'Veon, but Le'Veon had himself a bad game as well for the Jets. Um, neither team being really able to do anything on the ground. It was all about the quarterbacks, and, and Sam Darnold somehow managed to outduel Daniel Jones, which is kind of ridiculous considering Daniel Jones threw for four touchdowns in that game. Um, next up, you got the Cardinals and uh, see I'm dropping stuff over Cardinals and the Bucks. Um, Cardinals they go and, and drop one to the Bucks, thirty to twenty-seven. It was an okay game, I guess. It was kind of off. It was supposed to be offensive, or it, it, and it and it was, but <laughs> I'm loving this watching. I'm I'm trying so hard. Give me Tyler. <laughs> This is such a tough thing. You say, no, it was it was an offensive game. I mean, that final score was thirty to twenty-seven. There we go. Just now put it there. on. Um, Winston had another three hundred yard performance. Yeah, yeah. Jameis Winston. Um, you know, we have to understand that that the Cardinals defense isn't anything to write home about. No. Nope. Uh, the Bucks defense sort of is, I guess, with the sack leader being on the team. I don't think he's the sack leader anymore. No, I don't think he's sacking Buddy in a while. Yeah, Jameis Winston goes goes 358 yards, but he does have two picks in the game. Um, Peyton Barber, 11 carries, 43 yards, and a touchdown. Um, he gets in the end zone. Ronald Jones also had 11 carries. It's kind of like a running back by committee over there. And and you know what? You, you were probably right, Tyler. I'm going to go ahead and say it. A guy that was quietly bad, Kenyon Drake, 10 carries, 35 yards. Maybe he's coming back down to earth. Um, but Kyler Murray, he did. Kyler Murray did break loose a little bit. You got to see 27 for 44, 324, three touchdowns and a pick. He didn't have a bad game, but it just wasn't enough. And, and I, okay, you know, it, it was a, it was a good game, but um, Buccaneers pull it out, and uh, they they jump to three and six. Cardinals fall to 3-6-1. This was kind of expected from the Cardinals, though, at this stage of the game. We knew that they weren't going to um, they weren't gonna emerge as all-stars. No, I mean, they have their quarterback. I, I'm, I'm a believer in I'm Kyler convinced. Murray. I'm convinced. Kyler Murray's got me convinced. I think if he gets more parts around him, build him a team. Yeah, exactly. You're going to have to build around Kyler Murray now. It's time, and, and they're going to have to get it done. Uh, Jameis Winston, 300 passing yards in six games this season. That's tied for the most in the NFL. Um, I, Buccaneers are talking about moving on from him. We've seen some very hit or miss performances out of Jameis Winston. Do the Buccaneers move on? You know, you, we we if see he can, if he can pick up, keep up this pace, uh, which that that would tell me that he's at least the capable, a capable enough quarterback where if he has good receivers. He can play well, but here's my problem: is is the touchdown to interception ratio. The guy can't get in the end zone, and he keeps throwing all these interceptions every week. We always see this touchdown to interception ratio, where he has one touchdown, three picks, you know, two touchdowns, four picks. I mean, I think last week he had five picks, didn't he? I mean, th those are the types of games that we're so getting we're getting used to seeing out of Jameis Winston. And it's making me feel like he's not a franchise quarterback. He's not a guy that you can really write home about. You know, I and and 
I'm, I, I don't know if it's... It, it seems like the guy has no vision. No, I see what you mean. And, he, yeah, sometimes he has those good performances where he has three touchdowns, no interceptions. Mm. He loses his weeks, he goes one and four. And the question about it is, when you see all these, these huge yardage performances... How much of it is of it is guys like Mike Evans and Chris Godwin? He leads the league in interceptions at 14 right now in right. through nine games. Yeah, on 17 touchdowns. Yeah, I mean, and that's not really very good. That's not in the same company as Rivers, who's having a down season. Yeah, we got 10, and who's at 12? <laughs> Baker. Yeah, not good company. No, he's not. I mean, and and when you know, like, and we've also talked about Philip Rivers. Now that you bring him up, Philip Rivers. Is another guy where where when Philip Rivers is really having a great year, Philip Rivers is having a great year. But when Philip Rivers is having a bad year, he's having a bad year. And he typically doesn't have bad years. No, and he though. typically doesn't. But when he does, and those occasions where he has, Philip Rivers has had some bad years. And and this is another one of those bad years for Philip Rivers. Here we are looking at James Winston. It seems like every year is similar to these stat lines that we're seeing. Last year we saw kind of the same thing. These huge yardage totals, these big gaudy yardage amounts. Okay, great. But how much of that is is Mike Evans? How much of that is Chris Godwin? How much of that is is OJ Howard? How much of it is those guys that are are catching these passes and bringing them in and getting it home? How much of it is rack? You know, we, we don't know that. And that's another thing that that is so misleading about about yardage totals is is rack yards are included in quarterback yardage total. Well, that's really great, but, you know, at the end of the day, how much of it is him? How much of it is those guys? I, I don't know. I can't say. Well, so, on a big, deep bomb, and then the receiver ends up catching it and then runs initial 30 yards, I'm going to, even though it's racked, I'm going to give both of them the full credit, because, I mean, Corbin's sort of put the ball in his hands. Right. Where I put, where I, where I give the, uh, where I don't give credit to the quarterback, the situation's, um, runs after contact. Right, and when and receivers are breaking tackles and then running it to 30 yards, that's on the receiver, not the quarterback. I, I mean, like if I hit a guy on a 10-yard slant and he takes it 80 yards to the house, you know, untouched, I'm going to give credit to the wide receiver. But what if he goes untouched and no, and he, he didn't, and he said he had to catch and just run straight? I mean, I would still get it. Then it's both because it was good vision for the throwing him because he saw the lane and nothing going there. But yeah. but if he's dancing around, dodging tackles here and there, then then yes, the receiver game. I guess my point is is that you know uh, it, how often is it, it? I feel like it's kind of a Stafford Calvin Johnson situation where he's just he's hoeing it up there, and here guys go get it, and then he goes and gets the football. But here's the here's where I'm going to defend him. Um, look at Baker Mayfield, who's one two punch is arguably just as good. And he can't give him the ball. Well, <laughs> when it comes to, be- I think a lot of it is is just the fact that I, I just hate Freddie Kitchens, and uh, that, I think that's Freddie Kitchens too. I think Freddie Kitchens. Wait, wait, is wait awful. You see, but you see my point. Yeah, I, I I think Freddie Kitchens is awful. I think he's proven that, and I think his scheme doesn't work. You have all those superstars, and you're not getting it done. I mean, I, I mean, I, to me, the Cleveland Browns are a ticking time bomb waiting to explode if they have the right the right guy at the helm, and they don't. But they I mean, clearly don't. Yeah, but when you talk about James Winston, I, we've seen this so many times where, where he just chucks the ball up there and, hey, guys, go ahead and go get it. And he, he, he puts the ball, and he's got these two great receivers that I think are making a lot of great plays, and he's getting away with looking pretty all at the same time, you know, with these 358, 400-yard games. Well, that's really great, but, you know, how many how much of it is them? That's, that's going to be the question of the day. Um... 
Next up, you got the uh, Titans and the Chiefs. This was another upset, stunning upset. 35-32 um, Titans. Titans jump to 5-5. Five and five. Uh, Chiefs fall to 6-4. and four. Adam Humphreys with the go-ahead 23-yard touchdown reception with 23 seconds remaining. Um, the, this one was kind of a, a heartbreaker for the Chiefs. I mean, they, they had pretty solid control of this football game um, early on. They, they were up 10-0, everything was great, and then... Next thing you know, it's tied yeah, at halftime. Tennessee came roaring back in this football game. Came roaring back. I couldn't believe uh, what I was seeing. I mean, I thought after the first, I, I thought, oh man, it's going to be easy pickings for the, the, the Chiefs. And uh, the Titans just fired back. Patrick Mahomes had a monster day. I mean, over 400 yards, he had three touchdowns. I mean, Ryan Tannehill had himself a pretty mediocre day. I mean, 13 for 19, 181, two touchdowns. Eh. Uh, Derrick Henry had himself a very good day. Yeah, and, and you're probably right, Tyler. I mean, the Chiefs' defense is just nothing to write home about. Um, we know that they're nothing to write home about. We've, we've known that for a long time. Um, I just didn't think that this defense could get much worse than it was last year, especially with the signings they made in the offseason. And, and it's not worse. It just was really bad last year. I, I think they're worse. I think they're even worse. The defense is probably a little better. But I think the offense has regressed a little bit as well. I, I mean, has it though? Has it? I mean, you know, they did have a few games with Matt Moore in there, and Matt Moore was still getting W's, and Patrick Mahomes is still putting up 400 plus yards and still having his record-breaking games and well, record-breaking seasons. I don't think he's on pace for his 50 touchdowns and all that. Well, I mean, of course he's not. He sat out four games. I mean, he was out for you know, I mean. For a couple games there with that, that Patella issue, he came back and he, he's been firing ever since. I mean, are, are the, I mean, I don't think the Chiefs are Super Bowl contenders at this point. You go that far? I'd go that far. I, I really would. I, I'm, you know, and and we're going to talk about that after we finish up the scores here. I want to I want to express something because I, I think that that and something that I think you'll be really happy with. Um, but I mean, the Chiefs are not. Uh, I think the offense is, is relatively the same. I, I don't think the Chiefs are as effective running the football. I think that might be a little bit of an issue. But through the air, they're the same team they were last year. So in 20, look at that defense. In 2019, the defense is allowing 23.9 points. And uh, they are allowing 369 yards of total offense. Mm -hmm. Now let's do what they were last year. Oh boy, here comes our NFL.com's been really weird in touch and go lately. Yeah, it's been a little off. Last season, and they're like they're ranked 22. Mm -hmm. Last season? Yeah. Wow. No, this season, this season. This season they're ranked 22. Okay. Last season, I think they were like 30. And they're aver they're allowing 26 points per game and on 405. So they they have improved immensely since last season. It's still not great. Wow. They're 30 wow. 31st last season. I'm surprised. I'm very surprised. You that, thought that was worse this year? I thought they were worse this year. No, they're, they're letting 30 points in almost exclusively. 30. Oh, Jesus. Remember the, remember the Rams game? Oh, yeah. I remember. Well, that, that, well, we got to remember what they did face the Rams last year. And they did get beat up by the Patriots, too. Bad. But I digress. Anyway, uh, next up, you got the Dolphins and the Colts. Dolphins uh, 
pick up their second win of the season over the Colts. Colts without Jacoby Brissett. Um, Dolphins get their first win against the Colts since week two of 2013. Uh, Dolphins jumped to two and seven. Colts dropped five and four. Colts had Brian Hoyer on the field. Uh, Brian Hoyer, one touchdown, three picks on the day. Um, didn't have himself a really tremendous game. And, and really, Ryan Fitzpatrick didn't have himself a very good game either. Um, this was just, uh, uh, really, it was, it was a war of two really, really bad quarterbacks. I mean, that's, that's really what you got to see. You got to see some really bad XFL, old-school XFL football. That's what... Yeah, because of how bad this game was, I'm going to dial you back to that last game for a second. That's why I'm not going to use the Patriots and the Rams as an argument. Mm -hmm. They allowed uh, the the uh, Jets of last season to throw 38 on them. Mm. And they allowed the Raiders of last season to throw 31 on them. Both of the games they lost. Ow. So, Chiefs defense was bad last year. Yeah. It was very yeah, bad. Yeah, that's, that's awful. Um, but the, the Dolphins and Colts, I mean, they, they're just a bad game all around. I mean, you got to see some really bad football in that game. Um, and, and a lot of people can say, oh, it was a little scoring in a defensive football game. No, it wasn't. It was just a game with really bad people on the field. Yes. I mean, that's, that's really all it was. I mean, and, and I'm not going to say really bad people because the Colts have a good team, but they don't have a starting quarterback. Brian Hoyer is not a starting quarterback in this league. He will never be a starting quarterback in this league. The fact that he was a starting quarterback at any point in this He's league, a good backup. Yeah, I don't even think he's a good backup. I think he's a good third stringer. I mean, I, no, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't buy Brian Hoyer. I just can't. He got lit up by the Dolphins on Sunday. It was bad. Um, next up, you got the Rams and the Steelers. Steelers upset the Rams 17-12. to Steelers are 8-1 in November games since 2017, which is the best in the NFL. The Steelers have a win streak going on. This is incredible. They're technically in, they're the number six seed right now. Dug themselves out of the cellar with Mason Rudolph at the helm. Um, Even if he went out for two games. And, and they didn't have James Conner. And, and they still got it done. James Conner's not that good. But they didn't have him. He's still their starting running back. They were doing a running back by committee in this game. He hasn't been good all season. And, and Well, he's turned it up in a couple games. He's one but, game over 100. But he still wasn't there. And and the Steelers come in. They win this game. And it was a really de a de great defensive game. The story of this game, to me, though, isn't the quarterback. Well, it's kind of the quarterback issue because Jared Goff was atrocious in this game. But there's, okay. there's a couple. So just saying, besides the one game when he faced Miami, he hasn't crossed 50 yards once. Connor is not a good running back. Tyler has hated James Connor, folks, since last year, and I think part of it has to do with the fact that he's a Steeler. But <laughs> and Tyler since the, the first guy. half of the season, Connor's been garbage. Unless well, he, the, he blew up last season in the first half, and then he was garbage. Well, in any case, Steelers do it without James Connor. They do it without Ben Roethlisberger, and they get it done. Um, the story of the game, though, there's two stories to this game. The first one is is that uh, your boy, Todd Gurley, didn't touch the football in the fourth quarter at all. I mean, if you're the Rams, are you going to have Todd Gurley touching the football? You should. I, 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 don't, I don't know what's going on with the Rams right now. I, I, I think that, that, that I, I mean, like, for a while that you, were, you were saying, oh, they're preserving. Uh, they're, they're preserving him for the playoffs. But Todd Gurley really hasn't been that good this year, and they've been doing kind of a running back by committee thing, which is strange. Yeah, they've been—they've basically been splitting, splitting him and the other guy because they don't want to really get a full workload. But when you're losing games, you gotta do something. Yeah, I don't buy Todd Gurley. I still don't. But the the Rams, I mean, and then the other story of this game, and, and is a guy that, that really we haven't given enough credit to, Megan Fitzpatrick. 
Minka Fitzpatrick came out and and he's been getting interceptions like crazy. Um, he's been shutting down people. He's, he is Minka Fitzpatrick the best safety in the league at this point. He's making a good case for it. I mean, I think he's probably the. I mean, I, I mean, he's right up there with the company of like you know your Harrison Smiths and such as the best safeties in the league. He's leading the league in interceptions. And yeah, right now you're, you're talking about him up there with people with people like uh, Earl, Earl Thomas yep. and, and uh, Harrison Smith, and um, you would be talking about what's his name from Chargers, but he's not here right now. But uh, <laughs> I think he is the best safety in football right now. Yeah, Megan Fitzpatrick right now, I think he's the best safety in football. Also, like I from Chargers, but yeah, but right now you got to ignore him. But I think he what's his I can't think of his name. Derwin James. Derwin James. Thank to you. me, Derwin James is quite possibly the best safety in football. Yeah, I mean, it but was, but right now you got to you have a conversation without him, and, I, and Mickey Fitzpatrick is making a great case for it. He has played so well under that Steelers system. It was probably the best move, the best thing that ever happened to him. I mean, he's he's getting it done, and and he really enjoys playing there. You can tell. So um, that that's he he actually was really great in this game. He got the game-winning interception. Um, it was awesome. So uh, there's that. Next up, you got the exciting uh, Sunday night football game. Vikings beat the Cowboys 28-24. Um, Dalvin Cook had himself a monster game: 33 touches, 183 yards, uh, and, and a touchdown. Um, the Vikings in this game. Well, I, I guess one one story to this game is that the Vikings were were definitely making it a point to shut, shut down Ezekiel Elliott, and they did so. Um, they did so very effectively. Unfortunately, they didn't shut down Dak Prescott very effectively because Dak Prescott yeah, they went off. They put focus on, on Elliott and it opened up Dak and Cooper. Yep, and and I think there's one one storyline for the Vikings, and especially going into the offseason, is they're going to have to look at um, they're going to have to look at fixing their secondary. They they have to do something. Um, it was so bad. Um, all of their, their wide receivers, or I'm sorry, all of their corners rather, are really, really bad at man coverage is what we learned. And a team with that, that has a good running game and has a good, strong rushing attack is going to dominate this Minnesota defense if, if they're unable to uh, uh, double guys up and have that safety help because they kept bringing up guys like Harrison Smith and they, to, to make the plays to stop Ezekiel Elliott, which was great, and bring that pass rush. Um, and bring that, that, I'm sorry, that run blitz. But the, the other issue, the other thing, one, one guy I want to point out, and I think he's been making a case for himself as a defensive MVP, and I think right now he has quietly been a dark horse linebacker in this league is Eric Kendricks. That guy has not gotten enough credit for what he's doing in this league and what he's accomplished this year. He's been the Vikings' leading tackler for the last two years. He, he does the, the game-winning pass breakup at the end of this game on a fourth and two to get it done. Um, he's been great in pass coverage. He's been all over the place. Eric Hendricks, I think, is probably one of the best best linebackers in football, and, and I don't think anybody is acknowledging that point um, because he's been just outlandishly good this year. Um, and, and I think he, he's probably, I mean, right now, I mean, if I had to... to I, I'd say his contract is probably the best signing that the Vikings made in the last two seasons. That, that extension that they gave him. Um, and then uh, the Cowboys, Michael Gallup. Michael Gallup has been strangely good. Mm-hmm. Came out of nowhere. Um, he had himself a really good game. Old man Randall Cobb had himself a good game. Amari Cooper had himself a good game. Uh, the Dallas offense is strangely good through the air. 
than has been the last couple seasons. And, well, and and it seems like it all started when it was when, when Amari Cooper came to yep. town. I mean, really, and and that's that's kind of what I what I noticed in that situation. Um, the Vikings got it done though, 28-24, exciting game. Vikings jumped to seven and three. Dallas dropped to five and four. Vikings holding that six seed right now. Um, Kirk Cousins wins in prime time for the first or for the third time in his career. Three and eight in prime time. <laughs> so, and I think is this his first one over a team winning record this season? Yes, first first game. With, well, no, he he beat uh, Philadelphia earlier on this year, but it was his first prime time game. Against a team with a, a winning record, both teams had to go. Well, both quarterbacks had to go out and prove that they can, they can, they can win a game against a, a big team. And they, they both had a lot to prove. And they both played they had a lot to prove. Yeah, I think both teams showed that they're playoff caliber teams. I, I think that that really showed. I, th- I think both teams proved, hey, I'm a, a, a. This is a playoff caliber squad. We're going to be able to get this done. Um, and they, they both gave each other a run for their money. And, and I actually have a, a strange player you're going to see on on the forgetful five this week so uh we're gonna we're gonna definitely delve into that uh later on uh, or the forgotten five rather and uh next up last but not least monday night football seattle seahawks beat the san francisco 49ers 27 24 russell wilson is 24 5 and 1 in his career record at primetime games because that's a guy who's good in primetime um russell wilson you know the the niners started this one real hot um, they were they were uh, they were looking really good, and then the Seahawks came kind of roaring back there. Uh, Chris Carson had himself a, a rough time running the ball. He's been fumbling a lot these last few games. He has six fumbles on the season, leads the league right now. Um, but Russell Wilson played well enough to get the job done. Um, the Niners basically had this game won, and uh, McLaughlin shanks a, a kick in overtime. I mean, and it was shanked. It was bad. Um, shanked this kick, and uh, you know the, the Seahawks were able to roar back at that uh, game winner. Um, I, I honestly, Tyler, I, I don't think I've, I've seen a kick shanked that bad for no rhyme or reason ever. Ever. No, it was, it was, it was bad. It was, it was, I mean, it was bad. It was. Just, I mean, the guy didn't even hit the net. He didn't even get the thing in the net. It went into the crowd. Like it looked like. It looked like in Madden when the kick meter disappears. That's that's what it looked like. It was so bad. So, but the the, the Niners suffered their first loss of the season. They dropped to eight one. Seahawks jumped to eight and two. Um, I mean, it was a hell of a game. It was a fun one to watch. You got a battle there in the West. Yep. So I, I think the, both these teams are going to be. I mean, it, really, if 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 it was just based on record, you'd just be looking at the Seahawks and Niners sitting at one and two. With the Saints at number three, right now. Maybe. What's Green Bay's record? Oh no, you'd see Green Bay up there. That's right. And Saints. Yep. Well, Saints I think are seven and three right now. Mm, are they? I thought they're eight and two. I have to. I thought those were the second loss. They're seven and two. Ah. Seven and two. So, but uh, you know, that's basically it. So uh, those that's, are your scores. That doesn't make any sense. What? Seven. There's a seven and two, a seven and one, and eight and two. Some teams have played. Well, maybe they're. Well, they might be seven and three. I don't know. Seven and two, eight and two. Like oh, the eight and one threw me off. Okay, never mind. I'm back. <laughs> that, that makes sense. <laughs> Get it together, Tyler. I was just like, wait a minute. What? What are you talking about? For some reason, I, I was thinking it was seven and one. Some, like, they're missing some games. Some have played nine. Some no, have no, played no. Ten. Um, but I, in, in my head, I was reading Saints' record as seven and one. 
Oh, okay. So like that, wait, that they didn't have two buys. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, with that, those are your scores for week ten in the NFL. And uh, Tyler, we I want to jump into uh, Tyler's top ten here and uh, the forgotten five. I want to get get right into that because we've got some news around the league that we're going to talk about. Um, and and we've got we've got some news on the. Uh, the the Kaepernick deal. Oh dear God! Yep, Colin Kaepernick is in the news again. But first, it's time to get to that wonderful little segment we like to call Tyler's Top Ten. Tyler's Top Ten. Well, yeah, I was very excited. <laughs> I was very excited for that one. Did you like that? So excited! Yeah, very excited. Very nice. So uh, Tyler's top ten. This one was, um, y- you know, it was sort of difficult, sort of. You know, I- I'm realizing it's harder to find crappy players <laughs> than it is to find good players. But some weeks it's easy, but it's not, every week there's there's not always some obvious bad players. Right, and and you know you really gotta, it shouldn't be a regular thing. You gotta go digging. You really do. You gotta. I mean, you, you really sometimes gotta dig for the crap. Gotta go, God, go digging for the dingleberries. Yeah. Oh, God, so gross, so gross. You you, you, you set set it right up for that one. Oh, God. you set the berry right in the teeth for me to hit. <laughs> Jesus, oh, it's so so gross. Ugh. Digging for the dingleberries. <laughs> Where do you come up with this crap? Anyway, Tyler's top ten. No go ahead. Intended. Oh, all right, Tyler's top ten. Um, so I, I did. Um, I went a different approach on one for the first time ever in, in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Um, I took into account um a, a couple additional things outside of of sometimes you don't necessarily see things in stats, and you've done it a couple times in the Forgotten Five mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, number ten, Lamar Jackson. Yeah. Um, statistically great game is, but it doesn't necessarily pop at you. Um. 223 yards, three touchdowns with another 65 on the ground with a touchdown on the ground. Mm-hmm. The at halftime he was um perfect. Yeah. And yeah. then uh and this is only three He actually he actually finished the game with a perfect pass pass rate. Um he's the first quarterback in the history of the game to uh, have um three weeks when he had a perfect passer rating, um minimum 17 attempts. Jeez. Um he went 15 for 17 and this is through Keep in mind, he got, he got benched at three quarters. Mm-hmm. But what, what give, what, for me, what gave him that extra oomph to, get, to give him the 10th spot, I wasn't going to put him anywhere high in the list, but but the, Lamar ran that game. But, um, every time Lamar was on the on the field for a drive, the Ravens scored a touchdown. Not just scored, they scored a touchdown. Yeah. Um, Lamar took this game and owned it. He took it on himself to, to just um, be the human highlight reel. Yeah, and I, I'm gonna I'm gonna kind of hijack that for a second. Um, one thing I wanna I do want to point out, and this is what I was gonna get at that that I think you're gonna be really happy about um, me saying. As of this moment, if I'm talking about Super Bowl contenders and if I'm talking about the best team in football, I, I believe right now the Baltimore Ravens are the best team in football. I'm not ready to go there yet. I, I um, really do. I think uh, so. I want to I want to see. I want to make sure that that us talking about the Patriots not quite being the team is legit. Mm-hmm. I need to see this week. Yeah, against Houston. Yeah, I need to see this week. If if they go and beat Houston by fourteen points, then okay, we have a pro- the NFL has a problem on their hands when it comes to the Ravens. Mm-hmm. But if if Texans go in and beat them by fifteen points, like okay, I mean we've been we've been back that we've been brought back down to earth. Yeah, I I think the Ravens right now 
are, and, and I, I don't think, you know, after seeing what, what went on with the Patriots, I think after seeing the way that Lamar has played all year, teams have had trouble containing him, teams have had trouble handling him, they've lost some tight games against some really good teams that were really hot at that particular time, um, but they, they still, you know, played them close and they played them, I mean, it, it's been really a tough road uh, for the Ravens, it has not been an easy schedule, and they have gotten it done And they got four more hard games coming up. They yeah. got the Texans, then they got the Rams, then they got the Niners, and yeah. they got the Bills. Yeah, and I, that's why I think I, I think the Ravens right now, with their record being the way it was, they had a really tough schedule. I think they're the best team in football. I really do. I don't think anybody can hold a candle to them right now. And, and Lamar is the kind of guy, I mean, right now, he's progressed so fast. And from two people who shat in him all summer. Yeah, all summer long. I was there. On him. Yeah, we crapped on him. We crapped on him last year when he got put in. We crapped on him when he got drafted. You crapped on him saying his accuracy sucked. He's been accurate. He's been making plays. He's, He's been, been smart. smart. He's been smart. He's been fast. He's been calling audibles. I mean, I watch this guy and I go, wow. And this he, is in my my last gripe left. He he even addressed it, and I I always want to go back through tape and and uh, see what he means. Yeah. My biggest gripe left is he's taking too many hits. Yeah. But you know he actually got he actually addressed that last week, and he kind of took an, a cocky approach with it. Yeah. Well, with his little spin move. We said go back and watch the tape. I'm not taking any hard hits. I, I'm taking the hits I want to take. Mm-hmm. Which in a way he's right. I mean, yeah. The hits he's taking, he's, he's not getting um smashed. He's yeah. not getting clobbered. A lot of times it's, it's being pushed out of bounds or he's taking these dives, he's kind of going down. I see what he's saying. I still would rather him slide. Yeah. But I, I see what he's trying to say. Yeah. And I I think he, he him and Mahomes are, him, it's like him, Mahomes, and, and Watson right now are the future of, of the quarterback position. Oh, you're talking future. Like, I, I thought they were going to, towards the MVP. No, no. Him, him, Mahomes, and Watson are, are the, the future of the quarterback position. And I, Russell's still young, too. I mean, yeah, he's he's what thirty now, twenty eight, twenty nine, thirty somewhere in there. So I mean, you look you look at the ages on these quarterbacks. Russell could be dropping our decade too. Yeah, he he could be going for a long time. And and speaking of Russell, you're talking about you mentioned a few names that are in that MVP watch. And mm-hmm. to to me, as much as I want to consider a guy like McCaffrey to that could get that, I think the quarterbacks this year are playing too good. Yeah, where it's not going to go to McCaffrey. Um. Adrian Peterson got lucky enough to win it in a year where um not not that Peyton played bad, but it wasn't like it wasn't your typical like cream of the crop tiered expectation for a quarterback. But he also came within what nine yards, nine yards. Of, of the the NFL yeah. rushing record in that that uh, fiasco and brought his team single handedly to a ten and six with Christian Caponder yeah. at quarterback I, in a in a playoff berth. I think right now it, it, it right now to me it's 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 Wilson or Lamar. Um, however that goes, I personally would give it to Wilson right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I think Lamar's in the conversation. Right. Um, but right now, um, if, if it, my vote, if I, if I had a vote would, would go, would go to Russell Wilson with the season he's having, um, only two picks and just hammering it out there. Yeah. Yeah. But, mm-hmm. but, but the other end, Lamar's doing things that just, and some drives just carrying the team and, and even if it's just something as simple as a morale boost or watching him do this, this third and long and the whole offense just seems to just lighten up again. Like, yeah. and then they go and score a touchdown. He's been blowing people's minds this year, and it's and it's worth noting. I mean, I, I like I like Lamar, but and and I think he has elevated this team to a level now where they've become scary again. And the Baltimore Ravens yes. have have officially become you know a, a juggernaut again. 
um, offensively that we haven't seen in a long time. Um, and on that, while we're talking Ravens, is one last thing we're talking about coaches, coach of the year. Um, while I would give Russell Wilson the nod for MVP right now, I honestly would, um, right at this given moment, give give coach of the year to, to Harbaugh. Um, I, my main reason there is um, they progressed Lamar immensely, um, kind of shut up a lot of doubters. Mm-hmm. That's one thing it's looked at big when it comes to coach of the year. Yep. The other thing is I feel like Harbaugh has kind of reinvented what it means to go for and fourth down. Yeah, like they, the the Ravens, they they hired these um statisticians to, to say um what the what the um probability is that you'll get the, get this play on on a, what what the probability of getting a fourth and one, fourth and two, fourth and three is. And Harbaugh straight up said, if it's fourth and two or less, we will be going for it. It yeah. does not matter where we're at in the field. He takes that shot, and, he, and, and his percentage that. is very good. Yeah, and and to me, that's that's just one thing I I give him his favor of maybe winning the coach of the year is he's kind of reinvented. What taking risks are? Yeah, he's he's getting it done. Uh, I I like the calls that Harbaugh has made. We've seen. I saw it a couple of times in a few in the the Ravens game where they took on the Patriots and, and just watching that game and watching what he was doing and the way he was he was calling um, fourth and ones, fourth and twos, and and still getting them. I mean, that was mm-hmm. the thing. You know, they, it was a strange situation, and you know, even Chris Collins was talking about during that game. Oh wow, look at this! They're they're getting it done. Um, gotta like what you're seeing from the Ravens. I, I love it. I think it's it's great the way that they're kind of reinventing the game at the moment and, and perfecting certain aspects of, of the offensive side of the football. And I love the fact that Lamar is he's playing smart ball. I can't say he's not. He's playing smart football. So I gotta give it to the guy. He's got a little bit of young kid cockiness, but I wouldn't say nothing that's crazy. Right. He's being he, he, to me you can see the humbleness, but he's still twenty two years old. Right, right. <laughs> but I, right now, I, I I'm eating a big shit burger. Yeah, we we both are. I, really, we are. I, I like I think we're on two, a little bit different wavelengths. Like you you want you thought he was gonna suck and you, you wanted him to suck. You hate the Ravens, yada yada yada. For me, I thought he was gonna suck, but and I've said it many times. I hope I'm wrong. I see. I, I, I please. I hope I'm wrong. I'm I'm fucking thrilled right now that this is going on. But I I I was wrong on my uh, interpretation of Lamar. See see, I don't hate the Ravens. I just give you a hard time. <laughs> That's that's all I'm here for. Really, but, give you a hard time. But in general, um, you're you're rooting for his success in a different way than I am. Uh, yeah, yeah. I think his success. It, I I I'm looking at his success as like I just want to see him as an entertaining quarterback. Yeah, like I I thought it was gonna suck, but I wasn't I wasn't I wasn't rooting against him. Obviously, right. like I like I, I was hoping I was gonna get proven wrong, and I and I'll I'll gladly eat that shit burger. Mm-hmm. All right, we kind of got a little sidetracked there, yes. but. I think we've been kind of mean to talk about Lamar for a bit, though, ever since the New England game. Yeah. Number nine, Mari Cooper goes off on your Vikings. 11 yeah, receptions, did. 147 yards, and a touchdown. Some of the toe-tap catches that you saw in that game were, were just wild. Um, he, he did it so many times, including one time for a touchdown. Um, Dak was finding Amari all over the place. Uh, the Vikings, you know, they sold out to stop the run, they, and, and they stuck everybody in man coverage. Xavier Rhodes has been... Um, you know, not really playing uh, up to up to snuff, and a lot of times you'd see Amari Cooper uh, matched up with Mike Hughes. Trey Waynes was not on the field, so Mike Hughes was on the field. Mike Hughes wound up getting a little beat up by Amari early on. He played really well, but Amari came out and just started really laying into him. Um, Cooper, he's just he's an enigma for this team. He he gave that offense a spark that we hadn't seen. Uh, Prescott wasn't getting the passing game going since you know in the middle of last year. They got him at the deadline. 
He came out and rocked the joint. I like what Amari Cooper's doing. He's got great hands. And like I said, that, that toe tap thing that he's got going on, it it I think it, it almost rivals Chris Carter at this point. And I, I mean, the Carter perfected the toe tap for years and years and years. We'd always see those toe tap catches where he's leaning, you know, four yards out of the end zone with his toes touching just the edge of the, the interior of the field. Amari was pulling those types of moves. They were very Chris Carter moves, and and I was really entertained by it. I, the only thing I wish he was wearing a Vikings uniform at that point. <laughs> yeah, here Chris Carter also um, mastered the fired. Oh, <laughs> ouch! Number, ouch! Number eight, Tyreek Hill. Um, very similar stat line: eleven receptions, one hundred and fifty-seven yards, and a touchdown. Tyreek Hill. I mean, since he's come back, he's been a monster. Absolutely. Uh, since he's come back, he's made a lot of great plays. He's been the go-to. He was the go-to for for um, uh, uh, Mahomes before the injury. I mean, he, he continues to be the go-to. Gotta love it. Gotta love having him. I mean, uh, the the Chiefs just signed him to that big deal in the offseason. He, he's proven he's worth every penny. I mean, he's having big games all around. Great hands. Great speed. Makes plays with his legs. you got to love Tyreek Hill. I, I think he's fantastic. Absolutely. Number seven, Aaron Jones. 13 carries, 93 yards, and three touchdowns. This is a guy that's making you eat a shit burger, too. Yes. Because I heard for weeks and weeks and weeks that Aaron Jones isn't that good, and Aaron Jones isn't that great, and Aaron Jones is kind of mad. Whatever. Aaron Jones sucks. He's nothing compared to Well, Aaron Jones has scored so many touchdowns, it defies belief. And um, he's making plays with his legs. And he's not the fastest runner. He's really not. He's, he's not the fastest running back out there. I'll be the first to tell you that. When you watch him, he's a downhill bruising type of back. He really likes to throw his shoulder into guys and knock him over. Um, that's just kind of the – he really reminds me of Dorsey Levins, the way he runs. But um, watching him uh, – uh, in, in making plays, he's been making plays, you know, like, I mean, just getting the ball thrown to him. He, he makes a play, he scores a touchdown. He gets a handoff, he breaks free, scores a touchdown. Teams are going to, he's basically to the point where teams are going to have to sell out to stop him. And and he's not very injury prone either. You know, no. he's he's a he's a bruiser type of back. He's very durable. And, and he's been Mr. Reliable for, for Aaron Rodgers. Um, well, all those other guys have been going out with injuries and such. He's been on the field. So you got to love what Aaron Jones is doing. Teams are going to have to, just like Zeke, those teams in the NFC North are going to have to sell out to stop him, and that's going to leave a lot of open lanes for Aaron Rodgers. Mm -hmm. Number six, your boy Dalvin Cook, 183 yards from scrimmage and touchdown. Dalvin was having a rough game early on. Early on in this game, the Cowboys had his number, and and, uh, they they changed some stuff up, and I'll get into that shortly, but they changed some stuff up um, moving into the second half of this football game, and and Dalvin kind of turned it up. He was making plays through the air making plays with his legs. Um, they, they Once they were able to, I mean, it looked like your, your Madden offense. They, they were just tossing outside, tossing outside, <laughs> tossing outside. They, they were doing so many sweeps and so many outside pitches to Dalvin Cook. I, I literally thought I was watching you play Madden because, I mean, <laughs> it, it was insane. They, they did, they, on one drive, they did it three or four times in a row. I mean, it was like, what is happening here? But it worked. Um, Gary Kubiak is in... in he has shown he's able to make adjustments, and um, you know his uh, his way of handling things. Him and Kevin Stefanski have been really fantastic for the Vikings offense. That zone run scheme is still getting it done. Dalvin Cook still leading the team or li- the league rather in rushing yards. Now, granted, he hasn't had his bye week yet, mm. but he's still but putting still. on a show. He's still putting on a show. 
So, I mean, you got to love what Delvin's doing. Um, I think he's he's probably one of the most uh, powerful weapons in all of football right now, and I don't know that anybody can handle him, but this scheme that Gary Kubiak has put in place has worked. And uh, if the Vikings make the playoffs, it's going to be on his back um, because he has played so well over the course of these last few games. So, and, and they got a next, uh, and another, you're going to have a challenge coming up whether or not people want to believe it. The Broncos have notoriously had a very good run defense. I want to see if they can get it done against the Broncos. Number five, Daniel Jones, 26 for 40, 308 yards and four touchdowns. Lost to the Jets, but still had a good game. He, he played very well. Daniel Jones hasn't gotten enough credit. I think the defense over there, they, they got a lot of injuries on defense with the Giants right now, um, and it shows. I mean, when you have the Jets putting up a 34 spot on you and, and beating you, I mean, I think that says something. Uh, Jets look good in the game. Daniel Jones, I mean, it, it's – and people are, are you know, the, especially Giants fans right now are crapping all over him and crapping all over Pat Shermer. I think Pat Shermer so, showed his system works right now. You know, as far as like throwing the football and for what Daniel Jones is doing, it works. Pat Shermer is a good coordinator. He was good in Minnesota. He's good here. It's helping Daniel Jones out and, and helping him, you know, learn how, how to make proper reads and make accurate throws. He's getting it done. But you got to get the other aspects of this team together. You got to start rebuilding that defense because that defense is a mess right now. There's a lot of problems. They did a good thing getting Jabril Peppers, but they got to get Daniel Jones some help. And uh, they. They got to get more for him, and they have some good receivers too. They have good tight ends. They're going to have to resign. If to me, they should be resigning Evan Ingram. They're already talking about trading him. I don't know why, but Evan Ingram to me, I mean, because he's got uh, uh, he doesn't like to block apparently, so he's a vertical threat tight end. What do you expect? But but Daniel Jones, I like him a lot. Um, he's been making us eat a shit burger too because he's wound up on this top ten quite a few times. Yes, he has. And. Yeah, and if, if they don't if they don't think he can block, get another tight end that can. I mean, I yeah, I look back to the Ravens. Um, Nick Boyle is a blocking tight end. Blocking tight end. Yeah, you have two other tight ends who are your receiving tight ends. <laughs> yeah, because then Nick Boyle also had four catches. Right. Um, I guess uh, outside of the four catches that uh, Brown got, yeah, every other every other target, not catch target, went to a tight end. No other receiver even got a look. Oh, yeah. So Ravens are rocking their tight end system, and maybe Daniel Jones could benefit from that. I wouldn't trade Ingram, just get, I guess, get an tight end can block. Yeah, get a blocking tight end. That's what you need. Number three, Derrick Henry goes off. Finally. Three carries, 188 yards, and two touchdowns. Derrick Henry finally looks like Derrick Henry. I yes. Mean, yeah, that's... He's, got a, he's got a quarterback that, that defense is no can throw, so they, they have to watch both so he, so he gets a chance to take off. Yeah. When, it was, when it was Mariota, like, yeah, just watch Henry. They'll... Yeah, Derrick Henry... Um... Mariota, I mean, he was fine. I mean, Tannehill, he only threw 19 passes, completed 13 of them. It was a fine performance for for Tannehill. He was game manager. Uh, Derrick Henry, when Derrick Henry goes off, Derrick Henry goes off. Yeah, we, we've seen this before. I mean, we remember the games when he put up 198, 100, you know, 200 yards. We we've seen that out of Derrick Henry in the past. It, it's very CJ2K type of deal. But at the same time, he's so hit or miss because he'll blow up for one game and then he'll put up 35 yards the next. So you never know what Derrick Henry's going to show up on the field. So he's kind of a spotty performer. But when Derrick Henry goes off, he really does go off. I'd like to see Derrick Henry do this consistently. If he could do it consistently, he'll be the best running back in the league. But he's got to do it consistently. I actually meant to flip up these two, but um, oh well. Derrick Henry should be number two. Okay. Um, so my real number three, I meant to change this, but I think I got busy at work. Get your but, life um, together. Christian Kirk, six receptions, 138 yards, and three touchdowns. Good young receiver. Um, 
we want to see what Christian Kirk can do. He's had a few um, really good games this year, but then a couple games have been uh, okay. Yeah, I mean, I want to see what Christian Kirk can do. I want to see if Christian Kirk can function as a number one. I want to see if he's he's able to step up in that role. And right now you got Larry Fitzgerald as your number one. I think Christian Kirk is able to be a number one. I think Christian Kirk is really the number one there at this point. Um, but they, they still say Larry Fitzgerald is lined up as the number one. I like to see where defenses are, are lining up their number one corner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, that, 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 that'll be telling of who's really number one. I think at this yeah. point, Christian Kirk is more your more reliable receiver. I, I think um, if, if Christian Kirk were to be getting those those receiver one routes, I think that would be kind of a different story because it, it, it would probably make him and put him in a, a few more open spots. Um, yeah, I, I just, to me, and maybe it's just my opinion. I think Christian Kirk. I, I think he deserves the shot to be a number one. Well, I agree, hundred percent. Um, you know, he he hasn't really been given a true shot to be a number one. So I mean, that's that's something that you know that that needs to be looked at anyway. You know, he's young, he's fast, and he's a fast receiver. That's that's the thing about it. he's more of a speed receiver anyway. So he should be your number one if you're going to have him running vertical threats. If the the Cardinals were smart, they would go into the draft and draft a wide receiver. And and I think they might they might wind up being able to if they do go into the draft and I mean with guys like Jerry Judy running around that that could be something that that goes on, um, but they they got to get a, a compliment to him that is going to uh, take pressure off and I don't think Ray, Larry Fitzgerald requires that much pressure he's lost a lot of speed um, definitely lost a step in his older in his older years he's in the twilight of his career get Christian Kirk some help. I think my uh, prediction on on Larry Fitz is going to be overall wrong, mm-hmm. but I don't think I'm going to be far off. My prediction is saying that he'll have his least productive year of his career. Yeah, he's on pace to be, do better than that because he's only mm-hmm. 150 yards away from that with nine games to play. Nine games left, yeah, or seven or whatever it is, seven games. But but that, but still, 150 yards is not much to get. But yeah, he's definitely not on pace for your prediction of having one of his best career years. No, not at all. Not he's at somewhere all. in between. And number one. Patrick Mahomes, 36-50, 446 yards, three touchdowns. Guy loses a heartbreaker. Um, he put up a, a great performance. His defense just didn't cover him. His teammate just didn't cover him. If you're Patrick Mahomes, are you thinking about staying with the Chiefs when your contract comes up? Because next year, he goes into year four. They're probably going to pick up – I'm willing to bet they're going to pick up their their his fifth-year option if he has one because he wasn't a number one overall pick. Um, if Patrick Mahomes – has the option to go elsewhere. Does he go elsewhere? He might. I mean, he might. Because I mean, your teammates aren't helping you. Are you going to be a winner at that at that stage? That becomes the question of the day. Are you going to be a winner? Yeah, worst case scenario, Brady retires and and Belichick fandangles his way to get Mahomes. Oh God! Please don't say that. Please don't. No. Uh, yeah. Please no. That would be awful. That- but, but Patrick Mahomes. There are lots of teams that have great teams that could use a quarterback like Patrick Mahomes. Yeah. Well, I think there's a lot of teams that could use a Patrick Mahomes. I mean, but I, I mean, Patrick Mahomes. He he was uh, fantastic on Sunday. He he played very very well. There's there I I can't say anything negative about it. No no picks. He had three touchdowns on the day. Four hundred and forty six yards. I mean, he he's just great. He was great. And, I mean, it sure it helps that he's got Sammy Watkins and Tyree Hill on the field. Let's face that fact. 
you're, you're, you're building a franchise from scratch, um, and you get first dibs at quarterback. You take you take Mahomes, Lamar, or Watson. I'm probably taking Mahomes. I I would, I would agree because Mahomes has proven that he can just put the ball in his arms and and sling it when need be. Right. Um, meanwhile, the other two. Or I'm gonna say yet to no oh, no Watson has but Lamar's yet to really prove that he can go for a 400 yard game being right. down by 17 and make it work. Bingo. So I mean, there's that. So uh, with that is Tyler's top 10, and uh, Tyler, I'm gonna go ahead and jump right into uh, another wonderful segment we like to call Raytown's Forgotten Fun. Raytown's Forgotten Five. Boo. No, you see, he's being a jerk. You see this? Yeah, you're always the jerk when it comes to coming back on the air. Ugh, come on. How so, am I? So, what, you're allowed to be a jerk and I can't? That's right. That's right. Come Pepper on. What, is, what does this look like? What does this look like? Dictatorship. <laughs> exactly. This is a dictatorship. Um, so, Freetown's Forgotten Five. I do have an honorable mention, Tyler. Um, and, and my honorable mention goes to the offensive coordinators of the Minnesota Vikings, Kevin Stefanski and Gary Kubiak. Um, there, there were some problems, uh, with the Vikings rushing attack early on. There were, there were some issues there and they turned it around and made it so Dalvin Cook was starting to become more effective. Um, and, and it, it was really interesting to see because Dallas was selling out just like the Vikings were to stop. Delvin Cook. The Vikings were stop, were selling out to stop Zeke. Dallas sold out to sell to stop Delvin. And, and the Vikings countered it. And the way they countered it is they went into a max protect. And and they with a lead fullback, which brings me to number five. And the, for the first time in the history of the Forgotten Five, I am putting a player on my Forgotten Five for blocking. Hmm. For blocking, C.J. Ham, the fullback for the Minnesota Vikings, Kubiak and Stefanski altered their scheme so that C.J. Ham, the fullback, was the lead blocker for Dalvin Cook, and all of a sudden, Dalvin Cook turned into a monster after the second half and put up a ton of numbers um, because of the great blocking by C.J. Ham. Without C.J. Ham, none of those big plays would happen. Without C.J. Ham. None of the passes out of the backfield would have been as successful. It was really a tremendous performance by C.J. Ham. I'm impressed with how he played. I was impressed with how he blocked. And then even more so, the Vikings had C.J. Ham go out in a, a uh, screen pass situation that drew coverage off to get Kyle Rudolph open in the end zone for a touchdown on the game. C.J. Ham was such a vital player in their success against Dallas in this game. So I want to give big ups to C.J. Ham. He is my number five this week for, for the way he played. And, and you know, I know a lot of times we talk about numbers, but to see a player be so vital based on things like blocking and drawing off coverages and, and being able to, to pick up those, that, that's huge. So great job by him. Next up, number four. Debo, I've been waiting to do that for a long time. <laughs> so this is, he had a good game. Um, obviously, if, you're, if from a pure stat standpoint, he probably should have missed. But yeah. but it was a breakout game for him. Um, the rookie, he 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 finally came alive for really the first time this year. Exactly. So I, I I'm I'm good with this pick. Yeah, I I was gonna you know Devonte Adams technically from a numbers standpoint was better this week, 
But uh, Debo had a breakout game against a very game, and, and here, that's another difference, is Devontae took on a very questionable Panthers defense, whereas Debo Samuel was taking on a very game uh, Seattle Seahawks defense, and Debo managed to put up eight receptions and 112 yards. Um, Debo Samuel, he, he's a rookie guy. It was a breakout game for him, and I think he just put the rest of the league, he may very well have put the rest of the league on notice, hey, Debo has arrived. Um, and he played so well, and, and the 49ers, with them being so frustrated with Dante Pettis right now and his lack of uh, production, Debo Samuel stood up and said, oh, hey, I'll take that spot, and he went out and did it. Um, eight receptions, 112 yards, definitely nothing, nothing to, sneeze, to sneeze at. We saw that they were ma- he was making plays with his legs. He was, he was making contested catches. He would have had more. He actually had one drop on the day, um, and it was a late drop. It was it was a late drop pass, but uh, you know, and and it was Jimmy G was a little shaken up and threw one a little high, and it was in his hands, but he dropped it. Um, but had Debo not had that drop, he would have probably been sitting at around 130 yards on the day. I mean, it was it was a big ga- a big day for him. I I really like Debo Samuel. I've liked him for for a long time. Um, he's he's not an injury prone kind of receiver. Um, I like him a lot, and I, I thought I hope he just turns out really well over there in, in San Fran. So uh, great job by him. Number three goes to your boy, Christian McCaffrey. Uh, McCaffrey with 20 carries, 108 yards and a touchdown. He also had six receptions for 33 yards, 141 yards from scrimmage, Tyler. Oh, um, does not count? I, I can pull Cook off. <laughs> <laughs> Christian McCaffrey uh, gets it done. Um, you know, he's he's basically, he is the Carolina Panthers offense. You're, you were shocked he wasn't my 10, weren't you? No, McCaffrey. No, no, I wasn't. He had 141 from scrimmage. Um, I, 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 you know, it was it was definitely worth mentioning. I understand why he was just off, but uh, he played really well. Um, and and really, he he almost had a second touchdown on the day in that that last uh, that last gasp effort from the Panthers in the snowy uh, the snowy Lambeau field there. So uh, Christian McCaffrey winds up as your number three. Number two goes to Michael Thomas. 13 receptions, 152 yards. Um, clearly Drew Brees' favorite target. Yes. Um, and we see this a lot. You know, and Michael Thomas, in, and again, again, I'm going to say it for the umpteenth time, the reason he's so high, 13 receptions. Shows me that he's consistently putting up first downs. He's consistently getting yards after the catch. The receptions is almost more telling than the yards itself. Yeah, 13 receptions, and and I wonder how many targets he's had, but 13 receptions for 152 yards, I mean, that puts him at at a a very high average at this point. You're talking like a 17-yard average. So, I mean, you got to like what he's doing. Um, Michael Thomas is one of the best, one of, if not the best receiver in the league at this point in time. I think he might be the best receiver in this league. Yep, and, and that's what people keep looking at. But there was one receiver that outdid him this week, and you got to give it to the guy. Number one goes to Darius Slayton from the New York Giants. Ten receptions, 121 yards, two touchdowns. Had a hell of a game. Yeah, hell of a game, and and um, he was really special. Uh, Daniel Jones likes getting him the ball. He's kind of become the number one over there. Over you know you. We, we thought Golden Tate was going to be the number one. We thought Sterling Shepard was going to be the number one. When Darius Slayton gets the opportunity, he puts up numbers and he puts up touchdowns he puts up big yards um Darius Slayton I I mean he he did it against the Vikings he had he had a huge game against the Vikes I mean I like Darius Slayton he could very well overtake Sterling Shepard as the number one guy over there I, I, I want to see it done more frequently it's 
I mean, I don't like Sterling Shepard either. I mean, so he, no. he could easily take that role. I, I, I'm just not going to jump on the um, Slayton's going to be a rock star. Uh, well, you know, the, the reason I think he could take that over is just because of the fact that, that Sterling Shepard is so injury prone. Golden Tate's a, a much older. Golden Tate will have three years left on his deal, but I think the Giants are going to wind up moving on from Golden Tate at some point here. I mean, Darius Slayton's young. He's got good hands. He's a big-bodied guy. He could very well be a number one over there. And, and Daniel Jones likes him as a target. Clearly, he hit him ten times. Um and and got him in the end zone twice. I, I Darius Slayton. I I kind of like him. To go back to your other to your number two for a second. Uh huh. Michael Thomas. Yep. He has eighty six receptions in the year. Yep. His team's already had a bye, so he's averaging like nine point nine receptions a game, mm-hmm. which is insane. It's really high. The next closest person is DeAndre Hopkins at sixty eight. Jeez, oh Pete. He's on fire this year. No, no, is is it. It is a Jimmy Graham type of situation where Drew Brees just loves to hit him over and over and over and over and over again, or is it something where he's actually getting open? I think it's both because it's not like Drew Brees is forcing the ball because he's he, the other guys in that team get the ball. Well, I don't know. Drew Brees likes to thread the needle there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he's he's really an accurate passer. I mean, we we've seen Drew Brees thrown into some tight tight windows before. Um, you know, when he, I don't know, I don't know, I. But at the end of the day, Michael Thomas, he's killing it. Um, but Darius Slayton, he he got it he got it done um, on Sunday with Daniel Jones, which I think is is something really special, even if it's against the Jets. So I mean, there's that. And uh, he, he's on he's on pace to beat the single season receptions record. Wow! By by nine. Jesus. That's still close. It's still close. Yeah. He's, he's on pace for 150. Call it 153. That was held by what Marvin Harrison? Yes. Yep. So. Um, at 143. Yes. And now next up, you got uh, Freytown's Forgetful Five. Um, and I'm going to go ahead and start with number five, a guy who had a less than stellar game. It wasn't the worst, though. Ryan Fitzpatrick, 21 for 33, 169, no touchdowns and a pick. Um, just quietly bad. Let's just put it that way, quietly bad. Um, he he didn't he, – he did a, a Fitzpatrick thing, really. That's what he did. He did Ryan Fitzpatrick things. Eh, yeah, I got mean, a yeah. W. I'll take a bad game and get a W. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but he did he did Ryan Fitzpatrick things. That's that's basically what we got. <laughs> I uh, him. Um, number four goes to Brian Hoyer for his uh, in that same game starting for the Colts. Um, Eighteen for thirty nine, two hundred four. He had one touchdown, but he had three interceptions on the day. Oof. Yeah, rough outing for old Brian Hoyer there. Um, but I don't think it was as bad as uh, number three here, which the next three guys are going to surprise you, um, which is going to be very entertaining. Number three goes to Ezekiel Elliott. 20 carries, 47 yards. Uh, the Vikings did sell out to stop him. I, I didn't put him higher because, A, he didn't have as bad as of a game as our number one. And number two... Uh, the Vikings sold out to stop him, which which basically opened up the passing game. So he kind of had a dual use there, um, kind of the way that C.J. Ham did. Uh, opened up the passing game because the Vikings sold out to stop him, but he only had a 2.4 average, um, it, which we commonly, even when teams sell out to stop Zeke, usually we see him break loose at some point, and he just did not. So um, whether or not that's a testament to the Vikings' defense or a testament to how bad Ezekiel Elliott was, that's what it is. Um, number two goes to Jared Goff. Uh, Goff, 22 for 41, 243, no touchdowns, two picks 
in the loss to Pittsburgh, Pittsburgh really shut him down. They they did. Yeah, he had a, he had a rough game. I, I probably would have flip-flopped Goff and, uh, oh, shoot. Goff and Zeke. And, and Hoyer. Oh. Um, but both equally bad and a couple interceptions each. I mean, I, I assume you got Hoyer lower because of the touchdown. Yes. But uh, but the three picks, kind of love. Yeah. It's on the same playing field. It is, and that's kind of where I'm at. You're 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 comparing shit and garbage at this point. So. <laughs> but but and and this is probably I I and and I I don't know like we had a lot of bad performances. Um, Josh Rosen had a hell of a lot of bad performances last season. Uh, he had a couple this season. Um, we we saw a lot of bad performances, and I I've seen some really crappy stat lines come across my desk when we're when we're talking about this. But perhaps the worst stat line in the history of Freytown's Forgetful Five happened this week at the hands of Saquon Barkley. 13 carries okay. for one yard. You sure it wasn't 10? <laughs> one yard. Wow. One friggin' yard. He had a 0.1 <laughs> average. I mean, he had 30 yards of the year. One yard. He got 30 yards in the year. <laughs> so Saquon Barkley, I, I think he, I mean, just when, you know, Josh Rosen sets the bar really, really, really low, Saquon just went out and just threw it to the depths of hell. Um, I mean, he, he wants to be the best in the league, and that's great. But um, he also wants to be the best at being the worst, and uh, he accomplished that this week. With one freaking yard, yeah, I forgot. Um, scrimmage doesn't matter. So, so really, if you add into thirty, <laughs> thirty yards through the air, really wasn't anything special either. Really, one yard rushing so, on so, thirteen attempts. Thirteen attempts. With the Scott average, he actually has negative two hundred oh, yards because just every... stop. Thirteen <laughs> attempts, Tyler. Think about it. Thirteen attempts. No, that's really really bad. That's horrible. That's Horrible. Against the Jets of all teams. The Jets. 13 <laughs> carries and one stinking yard. My God. Well, that's all we got for Freytown's Forgetful Five. And uh, Tyler, we'll take a quick break. And uh, we'll come back with news around the league. We'll come back with our predictions. And uh, we will be right back right here on the Outside Blitz. At It's Your Time Massage. You get all the benefits of one of the larger massage chain parlors, but in a more intimate and personal setting. With four years' experience, massage therapist and owner Amanda Yata's goal is to help people in a natural way, offering Swedish deep tissue, pregnancy, aromatherapy, and sports massages. You will feel better and have more energy in just one hour. It's Your Time Massage is offered in-home, Amanda's or yours. With the rates ranging from $55 to $130, you get professional quality at an affordable rate. Contact Amanda today at 313-686-4347 or online at iytmassage.com. It's your time massage, a natural way to improve your well-being. Ladies and gentlemen, ladies and gentlemen, are you ready? Are you ready? Get ready, y'all. Get ready. 
and welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to the Outside Blitz. I'm your host, the fabulous one, Scotty Freytown, along with the titillating Tyler Dean. Tyler, you missed your cue, so I stole it. It's okay. I've, I've been a, I've been a jerk my last couple of weeks. So. You've been a, you've been a little off today. I've been on your phone and all this other crap. I'm keeping up on the news. The last th- I'm I'm like three straight weeks of having breaking news no, for you. You should be happy. Christ. Christ almighty. All right, so Tyler, we got some news around the league. Not a ton this week, but we, we did have an extension. We've got quite a few injuries. Um, we got some some things to talk about. The biggest one being, however, and I'm going to jump right into the biggest topic of the day, uh, the Kaepernick workout. Colin Kaepernick um, had, he, he's got a, a workout scheduled in Atlanta on Saturday, um, and, and all 32 teams were invited uh, to this workout and and to send out representatives, it seems like only about uh, eleven. Have confirmed. Yeah, eleven have definitely confirmed. Um, I, I don't know that all the teams are going to confirm. Um, honestly, I well, they were talking about it on ninety seven one earlier that um, it's on a Saturday. A lot of teams are got a game yeah, to prepare for. They're busy doing stuff, man, and so, I don't blame them. I don't. So, and and they wanted to have it on a Tuesday, and they're, and they're like, well, no team is going to use their stadium when they're they're practicing. Right. I, I think. You know, here's the issue I have with this whole thing. So, for the last three years, all we got to hear from Colin Kaepernick is, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, I'm ready, right? That's what we got to hear over and over again. And then here we are, the NFL goes, okay, Colin, I'll tell you what. You're ready, you're ready, you're ready. Let's have a workout. Let's schedule this thing. And let's do it on such and such Saturday and they schedule this workout for this guy, this private workout, like he's some sort of big superstar. And then what What happens? What does his camp do? Oh, can we push it back to Tuesday? Well, no. You've been saying for three years that you're ready. And now we're giving you an opportunity, and you're saying, oh, well, maybe we're not. Well, from his perspective, I'm, I'm going to agree for a quick minute. They, they basically, this whole thing gets announced. Um... Ka- Kaepernick and his agent didn't know this was happening until it was announced publicly. It was just kind of mm. like a surprise. Hey, we're doing this. Like, oh, well, well I can kind of see they were like, well, shoot. I mean, give us a little bit of a heads up here. Right. Uh, and, and here's the other thing I have with this this whole situation. I think a lot of this for the NFL right now is them going, look, we're going to give you this workout. And if no team bites, that's it. And and here's the thing. like, I think a lot of people are, are misreading certain things about this situation as well. You know, we we got to hear all about how oh well the the NFL owners are reaching out to the NFL for permission to do this like like the NFL has in blackballed. Well, no, it's not that. If you just got out, if you it had the league itself just got out of a huge lawsuit with this guy, huge lawsuit, this like massive, and they settled out of court. So would you not come to that person for permission? I mean, really. If, would you not come to the league for permission if you just got out of a huge lawsuit with the guy? The guy just sued all of you. And and now you're going to go, well, fuck it. I'm just going to bring him for workout. No, it doesn't work like that. You can't just do that. I, I See, I, I think you're over-reading it. Um, I think no team wanted to bring him in for an individual workout because what comes with, with an individual workout is now you got 80,000 questions more to get asked, asked your head coach at the press conferences. Right. And so if you have a big one workout where all the teams can just watch, no one team's getting slammed with all the interview questions. Right, and and that's another thing is 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 Colin Kaepernick prepared? Is he ready? How three, ready is he going to be? Off. Three years away from the league. How is his vision? Is he doing all right? How is he physically? 
I mean, he keeps saying he's ready, but we're going to see if he's actually ready. We're going to see if he can handle those drills. We're going to see if he's actually that same in-shape guy that we were hearing about and that same great, you know, dual-threat quarterback. Uh, I think I don't the, buy it. I think the league um, quietly has set him to fail on this. I think they have. Um, for one, the um, last minute, hey, we're doing this and no heads up. And two, they're letting uh, Hugh Jackson oh, God. Um, facilitate the, the workout. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God. Why did they set that up? Because they want him to fail. Oh, God. Hugh Jackson. What a joke. Arguably one of the worst coaches in the history of the league. Better than Freddie Kitchens. Uh, it's debatable. He's won more games with a far less team. No. Kitchens has a superstar team. I, don't, I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess that's true. I guess that's true. Yeah. Imagine what Kitchens would have done with the same team that Jackson had. Uh, yeah, it would be 0-16 times four in a row. Yeah, it would be bad. Um, but here we are, Colin Kaepernick. Do, do you think anybody bites? Yes. Yeah. Well, okay. It, it, it depends how the actual how the actual workout goes. If right. he looks like dog shit, then no. But if he look if he looks halfway decent out there, he will be on a team. I think a team bites, but I think he fails. I think a team bites. I think people call for him to come up. I think he comes in, and I think he tanks. I don't buy Colin Kaepernick. I don't. I think he was a guy that showed up in a very favorable system, um, and he had a very favorable skill set for that system. Uh, Jim Harbaugh's system was made for a running quarterback out of the Wildcat. You know, that's what it was made for. It was a very college-level system that worked because Kaepernick was in great peak physical condition and because of the type of quarterback that he was. If you look at Kaepernick's numbers from an actual quarterback perspective, he wasn't going to be able to to, um, grow with the curve. He wasn't going to be able to to roll with those changes that needed to happen like a Russell Wilson did. Russell Wilson was a mobile quarterback, too. You remember, he used to like to run the ball a lot. Russell Wilson developed in a pocket passer, a pure pocket passer. Your boy Lamar, same thing. You know, evolved. He evolved into a passing quarterback. Colin Kaepernick was never a good passing quarterback. He never had the completion percentage to do it. Um, He never had huge numbers. There was nothing really that screamed that this guy was developing into a pocket passer or a good passing quarterback. I don't buy Colin Kaepernick. I don't think his numbers were that great. I think he was a very mediocre, really a less than mediocre quarterback that hit in, that had a great system around him. Um, and when it came time to be a professional quarterback and be, be a pro, he didn't pan out. He got irritated. He wanted to make a scene to keep the, the cameras on him. He did it the wrong way, and then he got his money. And and now you know, good for him. He got he got his big payout. I I don't. To, I think he could be decent still. Um, I I, I think um with as low as you got to pay of, of the veteran minimum, I I think a team should bring him in veteran minimum. See see what he's got. I, I don't know what the he, veteran minimum he, is. It's, it's around a million. Oh, that's not bad. No, like to me, it's worth the risk to to get a, a someone that could be a good backup. He, he could. Um, and if he doesn't, you let him go. I mean, I, I think he would fit in like. John Harbaugh's system right now. I, I think he could be a, a good backup to Lamar. Yeah. Um, um, better than our, maybe better than RG3. It's possible. I think he's more durable. Well, more durable. I think the reason why he wouldn't um, pass RG3 is because he this would be Griffin's third year in the system. He, he knows it. And I think RG3 is a better passer. I yeah. think RG3 is a more accurate uh, thrower than, than uh, Colin Kaepernick. But 
I don't but buy it. But, but um, that being said, he could be he could be a good backup behind a Mahomes or a Watson. It's possible. Maybe even a Russell. I I it's possible. I'm not sure. I I don't. I just don't know. Saturday's going to be the big key, the, the the first steps of that. Yeah. It's we're, hard we're, to really say much more until we see what, what, what he looks like Saturday. Yeah, we'll find out. But one team that is looking at him, the Detroit Lions, did send somebody out because Matt Stafford is currently out with those back fractures. He'll be out this upcoming week. Um, at, at what point, if you're the Detroit Lions, are you shutting down um, – are you shutting down Matt Stafford? I've shut him down this year. At this point, yep. it's 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 basically done and over. Don't don't risk a deeper injury. Yeah, you're three five and one. <clears throat> I think people are you know and and so Matt Stafford, the Lions have an out after this year tra- getting or well, actually it's after next year I believe getting rid of Matt Stafford for a ten million dollar cap hit. Um, to me, I, I think you you ride the Stafford wagon for one more year and you trade him away for for. Uh, um, you know, that $10 million cap hit you're going to eat for that one year, but it's okay because after that you're not eating that $10 million cap hit. Um, I think you trade him. I think you try and get something for him. And I think you're going to get a first-round draft pick for Matt Stafford if you trade it's him It's like away. what we said, um, Detroit's, by the time they, they get good and get things fixed, and it's going to be outside of Stafford's prime. Um, yeah. Get something for Stafford now. Let Stafford go out and get a ball. And, and you don't even know that, that it's going to be, you know, that they're going to get good. You just you don't know. I think they have to go into the first round. They have to draft a quarterback. I think a Trevor Lawrence is really good. If they're smart, they're going to draft a quarterback this year. I think that makes the most sense. Um, they draft a quarterback this year, whether it be in. This is a very quarterback full class here. It's it's. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of quarterbacks in this mm-hmm. in this draft class. Um, makes whether, it a lot of veterans that could be looking for new teams. It's going to be interesting yeah, offseason for quarterbacks. Yeah, whether whether it be Joe Burrow or Tua or Justin Herbert. I mean, there there are guys out there. Uh, you got Jake Fromm coming out this year. There's there's a lot of good quarterbacks that are going to be in this draft, and then next year you're going to have Trevor Lawrence. I to me, what they should be doing is they should be picking up a quarterback this year, letting him sit behind Stafford, and and rolling with it and seeing what you can get and seeing what you can find. Let a guy learn the system. Let him figure it out. And it seems like the best teams always do that. Mm-hmm. And the best teams, you, you, the, the Chiefs got it. The Chiefs walked into the, the GM's office and they said, here's tape of, of Patrick Mahomes. I think we should take this kid. And they wound up getting him. He, he was, a, was he a late first-rounder? I believe so. You know, I mean, and, and they took him. And it was smart. It was a good pick. Um, and then they let the kid sit for a year behind Alex Smith. You know, and, and there's teams out there, if they were smart, they would do that. And the Lions would have a good situation where they got Matt Stafford on the field and you got a, a, a first-round backup quarterback sitting there waiting to, to un, be uncorked. Mm-hmm. You know, in case Matt Stafford, and this is the second year Matt Stafford has had back fractures, the Lions need to do something and they need to do it now. And and I don't know that Bob Quinn has the the smarts to do it now. But it, it's just it's going to become a really bad situation in Detroit. To me, they draft a quarterback now. I understand the defense is bad right now, but a lot of that has to do with the system. You don't convert from a 4-3 to a 3-4 without having the personnel. That's just what it is. Um, and and really, if if I'm the Lions right now, not only am I think considering getting rid of old Matty Patty there, but I'm talking about Daryl Bevel as a head coach. Maybe that's just my opinion, though. I mean, what's the one thing on that team that has actually worked this year? The offense, true. So maybe it's just me. Um, now speaking of quarterbacks and their backups, uh, the Gardner Minshew Nick Foles carousel is going on. Gardner Minshew, 
Has he proven that he can be a guy in the NFL as as a starting quarterback, Tyler? He said he said in an interview recently he feels like he's a number one guy, or he can be. A I think he guy. can be. I, mean, I think he, he can. he's had strides. He's 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 shown these little hit or miss right now. Maybe an off season of some development could go a long way for him. Yeah, he the, the thing about Gardner Minshew, you know, like he didn't put up miraculous numbers, but he's in Jacksonville where they don't really have much on the offensive side of the football. Really, I mean, if you look at what they got, it's kind of eh. Um, they, they got Leonard Fournette and, and that's about it. They got Marquise Lee over there. Who's been iffy, uh, since he got in the league. Um, Nick Foles is set to take over as the number one. Gardner Minshew sits on the bench as the number two. Uh, to me, I, I think Gardner Minshew is the better bet. I think, you know, I understand you paid the man. You under, I understand you paid Nick Foles and that's great. And, and you want him to be out there. Good for you. But if Nick Foles doesn't pan, Sorry, mm-hmm. Nikki. Yeah, I'm sorry, man. It's time to go. I'm I'm putting you up on the the block, and I'm going to take that shot. And it, it's not a huge cap hit for that. It's really not. If you look at the cap hit for for that situation, it wasn't a lot of uh, bonus going on there. So I mean, I, I have questions about it. To me, I'd be going with Gardner Minshew if I was the Jags. I would too, but they're and they're also painful. It's a lot of money that you've already invested into. So I, I mm-hmm. get it. But you don't want to lose a guy like Minshew who can develop. Yeah, Gardner Minshew, and that's the thing. He and he's so cheap. The guy only gets paid about six hundred k. I mean, he's a cheap contract, uh, and you got him for a long term. I, I think Gardner Minshew can be a guy. So, um, and when he does hit free agency, you bet your ass that people are just going to jump all over mm-hmm. that. You know it's coming. He'll get paid. Oh yeah. Um, next up, you got. Uh, we had a situation. So we got to talk about this, Tyler, and and. I don't know if you've heard the audio from from that game on Monday night. Did I have you? not yet. Okay, Geno Smith's coin toss. <clears throat> it it sounded like it said he said heads to me. A lot of people are saying he said tails. I've even heard people saying he said hails. I'm not kidding. They gave Seattle the football. Does the league need to look into this situation about? I, I mean, as silly as it is, that that coin flip could have determined the game, and it didn't. The coin flip didn't, but it could have. Does a lead need to look into a different way of of you know doing the, the... Or, or maybe it was just as simple as the audio on our end sucked, and they had it down. Is there something in the video that makes it unclear? Did, did it, the, it it really did, su- did, did the ref did the ref know what he said? The ref said he said heads. But I mean, and and it was funny after people said all oh, they said tails. I was listening to the audio and I started hearing tails. And then I heard, I, I mean, I was hearing like I had to replay that video and it would change for me. Like I couldn't okay. figure out. Was, what was everybody on the field on the same page? Um, I I don't I don't know. I don't know. I it it, it Richard Sherman was out there, and I would assume that Richard Sherman would say something. I mean, because because if it was like just like a, oh heads. Cool, it's heads, and they walked off. I'm like, okay, yeah. then, then I would say that, okay, the, the the whole world just is just hearing shit, right? If, if everyone on the field was in the same page, then okay, it's just a, it's just an audio thing. Mm-hmm. But if, I mean, if people on the field were going, wait, wait a second, then then I start the question. But I haven't seen the audio yet. I can't. I haven't seen the video. Yeah. But if everyone on the field just like, okay, yep, that's it. Then I'm like, oh, then I'd say that it's, it's America losing their mind when hearing. I don't. I don't know because Seattle looked like they were way too celebratory about it, about that coin flip. It was it was weird. Uh, he came to the sideline and Patcher or not Patcher, um, uh, God, I forgot his name now. Head coach of the Seahawks, Pete, Pete Carroll. Pete Carroll. Yeah. He was jumping around 
like like they had just won the Super Bowl. And it is OT though. I'm still, it was like, wait a minute, like 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 it. it only, he had this look like like hey, you pulled one over on him or something like that. It was weird. It was just a weird way it got handled. I don't know. And the world's been talking about it. There's got to be I'll, some. I'll listen to it. So you need some younger ears on the case. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I think I think that without listening to it, without seeing the actual video of everything, I'm saying that everyone's just losing their minds over nothing. It was strange. But uh, another thing that happened during that game, Tyler Lockett, he did suffer a lower leg contusion during the game. He spent the night in the hospital with severe swelling in his leg. Um, they're saying he's fine, but he's listed as questionable for the upcoming games. Um, huge hit for the Seahawks if they do lose him. That's it for oh, any Tyler Lockett's coming to his own this year. Yeah, uh, it, it's going to be a, a nasty one. I love I love Tyler Lockett, but they did have some really nice production out of guys like Metcalf. So I mean, they they did get some some love over there in Seattle. Um, a guy that was out for that game though, and will be out with ankle and knee injuries. George Kittle, um, he'll be out against the Cardinals this upcoming Sunday. Um, I like George Kittle, and I'm I'm kind of sad to see him out. Uh, I I kind of kind of surprised by the fact that that you know he's going to be held out of this thing. I know it's uh, he's been he's been a good tight end. He's been coming around. He's been a little quieter this year, but really all the tight ends have for the most yeah, part. It's it's been a, Hooper's been number one tight end this year. Yeah, which is weird. Um, speaking of Austin Hooper, he suffered an MCL sprain and he's expected to miss a month of action against uh, you know. So the Falcons not only are they crappy this year, but they're losing all kinds of parts. Um, to their offense now, and and Austin Hooper is the next one with that MCL sprain. Um, another guy that got hurt, another group of guys really that um, got hurt in that Seattle San Francisco game. Matt Breida, he sprained his ankle against the Seahawks. He's going to miss some time. Um, I don't know that that's a huge hit for them. I like Matt Breida. Both you and I do. He had a really good season last year. Um, but uh, sprained ankle, and, and that that leaves Tevin Coleman. Who sucks? Who wait? You he's know, had a couple of good games, yeah, but he's not and, been. And it also, and they've been doing this running back by committee stuff they over have there all year in, in San part. Francisco because they really can't find a true number one over there. And I think it's Brita. Personally, I think it's Brita. But what's notable is an ankle was the same injury he had last year, mm-hmm. so it might be a recurring theme. So I mean that that is there. Uh, left tackle Joe Staley for the Niners is also questionable. He had a broken finger slash dislocation. Um, so so that's a huge hit, especially for a guy like Jimmy G who needs the proper protection. Um, Joe Staley is kind of a heart and soul guy for that offensive line. Um, Emmanuel Sanders is also a game-time decision for Sunday. He has a rib injury. So uh, Niners are a little banged up right now, to be honest. And, and going into that, that game against the Cards... Um, I think they're going to be fine because it is the Cardinals, but at the same time, those are some key players to be losing uh, down the stretch. Um, another injury that, that we got to see, um, we were talking about Austin Hooper. Well, the Falcons also lost Devontae Freeman. He missed two, He's missing uh, for the next two weeks with a foot sprain. Um, he's not been great this year either. No, he hasn't. Um, he hasn't been great, but I don't think anything about Atlanta has been really that great, other than Matt Ryan. Matt Ryan, Julio, and Ridley, and really Matt Ryan's been quite been hit or miss all year long. Well, you know he he was the best quarterback in the league for the first six weeks, and mm-hmm. then he started quiet down. Yeah, he's he, on MVP talks for for the first for the first few weeks. Yeah, but he he goes it, that that one's a big one. Um, I think losing Devontae Freeman is going to be painful for for the Falcons because they don't really have. I think what with the backup there is what Ito Smith. He's out too. He's on IR. Oh Jesus Christ! So that now 
we're really going to be digging over there in Atlanta. Um, so they're, they're down to that. Um, speaking of running backs, uh, James Conner will be returning from his shoulder injury against the Browns. Um, that means they're going back to losing. Oh, you really hate this guy. I don't really? think he's that good. You really don't like him. Steelers have a, an amazing O-line. He's just doing eh. Said one yeah. game over 100 and the rest has been under 50. Well, you got to remember, the Steelers' offensive line is kind of aging at this point in time. It's still one of the best in the league. I think they're okay. I think they're okay. I mean, eh. eh I, I don't think they're as great as everybody makes them out to be. But I do. I, I, I like James Conner more than you do. I'm not completely sold on so, the guy. Uh, so um, a run, your returning running back getting less than 50 yards a game is, is acceptable? <sighs> You well, you would normally shit on a running back that does that. Well, it depends. It depends on the situation. I I you know Ezekiel Elliott has every reason to be shit on for it. You know why? Because of the fact that he's behind the legitimate best offensive line in the game, especially with Trey. I think the Steers are the best offensive line in the game. I don't know. I don't know. There's questions there. Um, and uh, next up, you got the. So speaking of running backs, and we were just talking about running backs having a bad game. Saquon has an awful game this last round, and. Now there's questions about whether or not they should shut him down for the rest of the year. Should the New York football Giants shut down Saquon Barkley now that they're sitting at 2-8? and eight? I don't know. And Saquon kind of scoffed at it. Apparently he's been fighting injuries all year long as far as like leg injuries and things like that. Do you shut down Saquon Barkley for the I don't the think this time? should really comes into play here. They're not going to. I, I don't think they're going to. But, but should they? I mean, Pat Shermer said he's probably not going to. But, I mean, do you, do you consider it? You consider it at this point. I mean, if, if it's Saquon Barkley not performing up to snuff, he's kind of from fighting injuries, now you see him put up a one single yard on 13 carries, do you shut him down? Is it time? I think you need to let him heal up because you, you, might, you might need him in the long haul. Um, Daniel Jones is developing quite well, and like you want to make sure you have him going forward. And we know Saquon came back from injury. We, we remember that, and they've, they've had Willie Gallman. He was... And what, Hilleman was the other guy? Mm. I mean, we've seen those guys out there. Um, Saquon was out to start the season, and here he is, and he's still not playing well. I, I think you just shut him down. I would just, that's what I would do. I would just shut him down, say, look, we're 2-8. and eight. Let's call this season a wash. Let's let, let my man heal up. Let him continue to do his workouts and things. And let's get him back in there. I mean, wouldn't that be, I, I think that's logical. Maybe it's just me. I think it's just logical. You're right. Throw your hands up, wave the white flag. You're already done. You're about to be if you if, even if you win out, you're only eight and eight. Let them be done. Well, this that's not how it works. So they got ticket sales and uh, it's just a mess. Just a mess. Um, and so another uh, former giant, Olivier Vernon. He has a knee injury. Safety Eric Murray. He also has a knee injury. They're uncertain for the Browns game tonight against the Steelers. Um, the Browns, you know. Can they get it done against the Steelers, who are hot right now, without Olivier Vernon and Eric Murray on the field? Olivier Vernon's underrated to me. I think, I think he's very underrated. Um, and he, he gets credit, but I think he's better than the credit he gets. He's a very good player. Yeah, he is. Um, I, I think it, it makes life a much, much more difficult for the Browns tonight against a very, very tough Steelers team. The Steelers have dug themselves out of the cellar. They're coming off a, a, a huge win again over the Rams. I mean, they contain the Rams to nothing. I think that, that Steelers defense is now scary as all hell. I think they're just scary. Um, I think Mickey Fitzpatrick is is leading the charge there. Um, Browns are, are about to be in some trouble. Maybe that's just me. 
You've been in trouble. I think they're about to be in some even more trouble because you got the Steelers in town. I understand. They play the different the, the division. <laughs> the Browns are a very different team when yeah. it comes to those division teams. But uh, this Browns team, they're going to have a rough one. Um, and and here you go. You're missing Olivier Vernon. So that's a big one. They also are, will be without Antonio Callaway. So Antonio Callaway was a healthy scratch due to a punishment for an undisclosed issue. Turns out he was about to be suspended for 10 games for his third substance abuse policy uh, discretion. And then they go and they wave Antonio Callaway. You and I talked uh, at length about Antonio Callaway uh, last last season quite a bit. Callaway's a good player. He is, but yeah, he's yeah. obviously um, been hanging out with the Mr. Josh Gordon. Gordon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's, he's the next Josh Gordon, uh, except except he's not as good. Um, yeah. And Josh Gordon did play a role in that that Seattle game quite a bit uh, on, on Monday night. But uh, Antonio Callaway, he's he's always been hit or miss. He hasn't been done anything really spectacular this year, but he's always been a hit or miss guy. And, and every now and then, last season – you would see him get open on a deep ball, and he would come down with it. Mm-hmm. He's not the biggest dude out there, but he plays well in the slot, and he's a good vertical threat. He's fast. He's fast. He doesn't have the best hands in the world, but he's fast. Um, like Brashad Perriman. Yeah, kind of. Kind of, yeah. But, but but a little more talented. He's, he's more talented than Brashad, I think. But I I, I like what the, how they were using Callaway. I think he's going to catch on somewhere. I think he's going to serve a suspension this year. He's going to go in the offseason. He'll get signed. He'll get picked up. Somebody's going to look at him. He's a talented dude. He's going to get picked up. I don't think his hands are the best in the world. I think they're he's decent. I think he's a good number three, maybe number four. Um, he's going to get picked up. He's going to catch on somewhere. Um, with and there's, well, I mean, he he will, but I mean his trouble in the league might um might follow him. Might uh remove about half the league of even wanting to touch him. And that's a possibility. That could very well be a thing. But I I could see a number of teams: Pittsburgh, Minnesota. Uh, Miami, there's a number of teams that are going to be looking at this guy, and I could see that happening. I think Miami's in the discussion to look at just about anybody at this point, though. <laughs> so, um, next up, uh, another guy that got waived, Vernon Hargraves gets benched by Bruce Arians for a quote, lack of hustle, gets waived by the Bucks, and then gets picked up by the Houston Texans, who definitely needed some help in their secondary. Um, Vernon Hargraves. I like him as a corner. I think he's a good corner in this league. I like Hargraves, and that's a, that's a that's a big win there for Houston. That's a huge win. I mean, for for the Bucks to just let him walk. I, I at a certain point, sometimes I think some of these coaches are just kind of high. I think they're just like not big on certain guys, and and they go and they they do silly things like this, and let good players just kind of waltz their way out the door, and when those players waltz their way out the door they're going to catch on somewhere and now that now that's going to come back to burn the bucks and i i this could be a, a huge coup for the texans with their position in the division right now with the fact that they needed guys in their secondary going into a game against the ravens still fighting for a bye yep battle of two mvp candidates you got deshaun watson and lamar and then you got vernon hargraves now coming onto the field for the texans this sunday I'm sorry. I'm I'm pretty stoked if I'm the Houston Texans right now, having claimed Vernon Hargraves for next to nothing off of the waiver wire. That's a huge, huge jump for them. I'm a, almost a little upset that the Vikings didn't do it because I like Hargraves a lot, and the Vikings need secondary help too. But I digress. Um, great pickup here. It's a great pickup. Well, yeah. Think about the waiver wire. I think um, where Vikings are standings are at, they're actually listed past. 
Texans, so they wouldn't have that opportunity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, that was probably very well the case as well. But I, it, still, huge move mm-hmm. by Houston here. Um, another bench-slash-cut situation was a linebacker, starting linebacker for the Bengals, Preston Brown, got benched and cut. Are the Bengals just and, – and this wasn't even selling parts. This wasn't even selling parts. You waived a good starting linebacker. It wasn't like he was bad. Preston Brown's a good linebacker. So oh, he's, still, he's still very good. So why are you dumping Preston Brown? There's no sense in it. You just signed the guy to a four-year deal. Why are you dumping him? It makes no sense. It's dumb. Bengals are they're actually doing what Miami should have done and, and uh, punting the rest of the season. And well, I, you I should have traded him. If you're you should trade him, though. And that's the thing. You, you hang on to the guy. You had a long-term deal. You just trade the guy. Trade him. I don't understand. You know, get get something for him. If you didn't want him, get something for him. For Christ's sake. It it just makes no sense to me. Um and, and now they're gonna be uh um without Drew Sample against the Ravens here, the tight end. Uh he suffered a high ankle sprain or I'm sorry, I take that back. He suffered a high ankle sprain against the Ravens, rather. Duh. Uh he could hit IR. Um that's kind of, I mean, Bengals are just losing parts left and right. They're giving parts away now. Here, here's our starting linebacker. Here, let us throw him out on waivers. Anybody want him? I mean, it just doesn't make sense, Tyler. It doesn't make sense. There's been a lot of that not make sense, the it, stuff this year. It's senseless. I don't I don't get why why you would do stupid stuff like that, and now you got Drew Sample. He's hurt, and, and they're losing parts. They're, they're, they just can't stop the bleeding. This could be another 0-16 situation for them. I think you're looking that way. I know you kept saying they're going to win a game. They're going to win a game, but I don't. Think I, I don't think it's going that way anymore. I don't. I don't think they're going to win a game. I think the Bengals are done. I, I think it's just it's safe to say that the Bengals are toast. I mean, it, it, this they're going to be an own sixteen team. I can't see. I can't see where the win's going to be. No, and and they have a, at this point Miami's playing good ball, and so they're, they're going to beat them in a few weeks. Yeah, Miami's won, what they won two in a row, haven't they? Aren't they in three? No, no, it's two, two and seven now, but but they still won two in a row. I mean, Christ, what is happening? <laughs> it's insane. Um, next up, and uh, speaking of teams that are, are bad and going to continue to be bad, the Jets' ownership says that Adam Gase will remain, that, remain head coach in 2020. Is this dumb by the Jets? No. Why? I do not believe in, in having a coach be a coach for one year. Um, you sometimes you need more than one year to truly um grasp a team. Even with Adam Gase, the dumpster fire that he is. Yes. Um, it to me is a stupid decision to ever fire a coach after one season. Oh. It's like it's like let, let a president be the president for one year. But like, Adam Gase was bad in Miami too. You know what you're getting with crazy eyes, Adam Gase. He just barely he he made the playoffs and he just missed the playoffs. Mm-hmm. And I think he took him twice. I mean. I, Gase wasn't a bad coach in Miami. I don't buy Adam Gase. I can't. I I just don't. I, I think he'll be fired fired eventually. I just I do not believe in hiring firing coach after one season. I think Adam Gase. I think it's a bad move. I think you get rid of him. The guy's clearly nuts. He shows up to his interview high or whatever it was, and I don't care what anybody says. He was not normal <laughs> during that interview. All wild eyed and crazy. He, he was he was high or something. Yeah, he had to be high. I mean, it definitely wasn't life. He was high on either. I mean, he was high. And he shows up like that. All googly-eyed nuts, and and I'm supposed to take him seriously as a head coach. And then he goes out there and he drives his team into the ground. And he has good players. Has he driven team into the ground? Though they're 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 training this this just as bad as last season. They have good players on that team. 
They have good players. They had good players last year. I don't know about that. I think I think they have far better players this year than they did last year. I'm just I'm just saying it's not like they've, they've he's taken a team that was already good and made it bad. It's been bad and just I, bad. I think they're worse. I would probably say that they're worse this year. All you got to do is win two more games. You're gonna have the same record. Oh God, I don't buy it. And you have Le'Veon Bell on the field. You have Le'Veon Bell. Who sucks. Well, you know what, Le'Veon Bell. You know he would seem to be great everywhere else. Well, behind a good line, maybe Le'Veon Bell's not as good as the world thought he was. It's a possibility. I don't know, but I mean, you know, is do you think Ezekiel Elliott performs in the same way if he goes to the Jets? I don't think so. I don't think so. If you don't have that old line. There's going to be a problem there. It is a team sport after all. So there, there is that whole situation, which I just think is a mess. Um, speaking of messes, uh, Dwayne Haskins has been named the Redskins starter for the remainder of the season. Is this a smart move by the Redskins? He's starting the rest of the season. You don't think so? Miami said the same thing. Words are words. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, remember when the, the, they said, he's our head coach. Yeah, no, no. Oh, and, and Josh Rosen. Yeah. Oh, Rosen's yeah. starting the rest of the season. One game later. No. Fitzpatrick's going to start next week. <laughs> Dwayne Haskins, he gets sucked into the um, the the starting situation. I, I, I think this is going to be a mess. I think their quarterback situation is already a mess. I think the Redskins are drafting a quarterback this year. I don't think Haskins is a starter. The good news is there's still plenty of time for him to appear in the, in the forgetful five enough times to win it. No. <laughs> he probably will, too. Um, another quarterback that is uh, that could wind up as a starter, he's set to return. Drew Locke returning to practice from his thumb injury. I want Drew Locke on the field. I want to see if he's got what it takes. The Denver Broncos just won't let it happen because John Elway hates him. I know you're convinced of that. Now, you know, I just want to see it. I just want to see the guy. Give, give me one situation where Drew Locke comes out of the field. Let's see if he's got what it takes. Let's see if he's a good quarterback. I said it last week. I'll say it again. I, why put Brandon Miller on the field? Why? I agree. It doesn't make sense. It just doesn't. You have Drew Locke. You drafted the guy in the second round. Give him a shot. Don't take the undrafted guy and put him ahead of Drew Locke just because you That's how I know he doesn't like Drew Locke. <laughs> you take this undrafted guy who hasn't taken a single snap in the NFL, and you're like, oh, he's going to be our starter. Like, what? You just drafted a second-round guy. I don't understand. It, it doesn't make sense. It's dumb. Um, another thing that, that, uh, is, is kind of silly to me and, and maybe it's just me. The Colts worked out a bunch of kickers, but ultimately decided to stick with Adam Vinatieri. I don't know what you're, what you're trying to accomplish. I love Adam Vinatieri. I know he's been bad this year. Let's just face that. Vinatieri's been bad. Other than the laces out kick, he's been bad. But, um, why, why bring in a bunch of kickers just to piss the guy off? That's pretty much what you did. Yeah. Here, let me bring in a bunch of guys just to make you mad. Like, why would I want to play for your organization anymore? It just doesn't make any sense. I mean, Adam Vinatieri hasn't been anything to write home about. I get it. But why? Why? It just doesn't make sense. I, I hate that that whole thing. And, oh, well, we'll just stick with Adam. Well, good for you. Um, perhaps a good, a, a better situation is the Eagles, they re-sign Brandon Brooks, their starting guard, to a four-year deal for $56.2 million. It's $14.05 a year, and that makes him the highest offensive guard in the NFL. Protect um, your quarterback. It's smart. It is smart, especially with how how uh, 
Um, injury prone? Injury prone. Wentz is. I mean, you, you we've seen it. We've seen it before. But Brooks is a good player. Uh, one of the best guards out but there, for sure. Injury prone or not, though, it's like we said, though, you, you're going to buy a, a, a new toy and, and leave it in the garage with the door open? Right, exactly. That's exactly it. That's and that's what, that's basically the, the equivalent to um getting getting a quarterback and then hiring me and you to protect him. Yeah, and that's the, the Vikings hired a quarterback and they, they didn't protect him last year. We saw him get leveled. We saw Kirk Cousins just get blasted all year long. Now it's kind of a different situation. Now the Eagles doing the right thing. They're signing Brooks to that long-term deal. They have a good offensive line on that team. I like this signing. I think that's a brilliant move, um, even for the money. I mean, $14 million is a lot for an offensive guard. Let's face that fact, mm-hmm. uh, especially a team that's got a lot of high-paid offensive linemen. Lane Johnson's on that team. We, we saw him get signed to a big deal last year. I mean, you got you got quite a, a few guys on that team that, that have been signed to huge deals on that offensive line. Um, something eventually is going to have to give. But uh, the Eagles do decide to protect their quarterback. A guy that um, also will be protected, uh, kind of. I guess, um, from a defensive side of the ball, the Ravens, they're going to be picking up Justin Ellis. They cut Cyrus Jones, and then they place defensive lineman Dalen Mack on IR with a knee injury. What do you take away from this Justin Ellis thing? So, um, Brandon Williams is hurt. Um, he's going to be out for a few weeks, and he's been one, um, one of the one of the best defensive tackles in, in the league the last few seasons. Mm-hmm. So, uh, to me, they're clearly um, nervous about their, um, their front four, or front three, I should say, with right. Ravens. Um, a lot of moving around, so I, I'm thinking it's a with the cut and and moving. I think it's a uh, moving around cap to bring in Ellis, maybe possibly. They are they are kind of near the, near the cap right now. Um, obviously they don't want to let they don't they they, they Ellis can come in and Brandon Williams come back as well. So they're they're going to have both with the guys that they have in their secondary. Uh, that the Ravens have. Um, with the guys that came back, I mean, do, do they have that depth now that they can send a guy like Cyrus Jones out the door? I think so now, because um, in, in long term, they, you have the depth now, plus you have next season, you have Tavon Young coming back. Yes. So your depth even gets even bigger, because I think that turns into, well, let's talk about the corners, because they were talking about this today. Um, they said, let, let's say, were, um, at this point, um, given that they didn't pay much for him to get him, mm-hmm. um, that the, the consensus is, even if the Ravens do not re-sign Marcus Peters for what they gave up, it's already proven worth it on a rental. Right, and they also picked. Which I, up, I agree with. Yeah, they also picked up Demata Pecco in, in for a one million dollar deal for the rest of the season with seven hundred k guaranteed, three hundred k in incentives. Um, basically, veteran minimum. We were talking about that earlier. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this is a great smart, a great spot too. I think it's a, it's a good selection. Nice nose tackle. They're playing for the end game. Yeah. Yeah, they're they're gonna take that shot. I mean, I I, I think that's smart. Um, Pecco's been a good player, you know, in this league for a long time. Uh, he's been around for a while. He's what thirty two, I think, thirty three, somewhere in there. He's older, but he still gets it done. He's still playing good mm-hmm. ball, and they're playing, and they're not paying him a whole an arm and a leg. Oh yeah, that's that's a, a one million dollar guy, seven hundred k. Oh yeah, I mean, yeah. On, on our break, I saw an interesting interesting note. I kind of laughed at it. What's that? There's an inter- they had an interview with Sam Cook. Like you don't see a punter get interviewed very often, right? And like, uh, you're on pace for the lowest amount of punts in, in, ever in the league. Like, uh, how does it make you feel? Because like, Sam Cook's been one of the best punters in the league the last right. decade. Yeah, it's I, like you're on pace for one of the lowest number of punts in the league. Do you blame Lamar Jackson? He goes, no, and grinned. <laughs> like, but he is part of the problem. But yeah. It's a good problem to have. <laughs> yeah, it is a good problem to have. 
Um, but uh, the, Pecco, I'm I'm excited for you guys picking him up. I I got really stoked about that. And uh, last but not least, the Raiders have placed defensive back uh, Lamarcus Joyner, the safety. Um, he's expected to miss a few weeks with a hamstring injury. They placed him on the inactive list for the time being. Um, that's a big hit for the Raiders losing a guy like uh, a player the caliber of Lamarcus Joyner. Um, oh yeah, he's he's a, a lights out kind of defensive back. And uh, they go ahead and uh, put him out. So I, that that one's going to be an interesting little animal there as far as uh, that goes. Um, and now, Tyler, we've uh, finished. That's all the news we got in the league. And so we're getting down to business here. We have our predictions for Week 11 coming up. What are we at? We're, it looks like you know, I dropped the game. I took the Panthers and uh, my gamble week. Gamble pick against the uh, Packers. <laughs> the pack. But other than that, we were both awful. I, yeah. I went four for eight, four for nine. You went or four four and nine, and you went five and eight. Oh, jeez, oh, that's miserable. Like, thank goodness there were sixteen on buys, so there weren't three other games that we could have lost. <laughs> I don't know. I, I might want to, depend, judging by the, like how things worked out, I might want the the fix there. I, I might want to want to try and repair that. Three more games that you just pick, you'd, you'd lose those ones too. Uh, probably. probably. We had a bad week. Um, so you're ready to get down to business, Tyler? It's our last segment. Let's do it. All right. Here are your predictions for week 11 in the NFL, starting with the Steelers and the Browns. Steelers 33-6-1 versus the Browns since 1999. Um, the Steelers are 5-4, and four, Browns are 3-6. and six. I'm going to go ahead and roll with the Steelers on this one. I want to. I want to give the the hot hand. I'm going to play the hot hand, and I'm going to go Steelers on this one. And you're. Going... I'm taking the Browns. Wow. Um, the Browns always play way up to um their their opponents. Um, the Steelers have a history of playing down to their opponents. Um, AFC North division football is always just a weird animal. Yeah. Um, I I think the Browns are going to come out hitting hard, and I think I think they're going to pull this one off. I, I think that Steelers defense is what's going to be the big X factor. Very well could be. Yeah. Uh, next up, you got the Texans and the Ravens. Ravens are seven and two. Texans six and three. It's the battle of the MVP candidates between Deshaun Watson and Lamar Jackson. Um, I'm going with the Ravens on this one. I have to roll with the Ravens. Um, I think Lamar is going to be uh, too much. I think the Texans have a few injury woes there. They don't have JJ Watt on the field. But yeah, I'm, I'm going with the, the Ravens. I'm taking the Ravens as well. I think they kind of utilize the back half of that Bengals game to um, get other teams thinking. Yep. Like they threw it the uh, what they're calling the, the Heisman package. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think they purposely threw out these new looks they've never done before for the sole purpose of getting other teams like, oh, I'm going to worry about that too. <laughs> yeah, that could be a thing. Uh, that's going to be the scary part. Uh, next but, up. Uh, I, I got the, my Ravens. Um, they're, they're hot right now. Um, I, it's weird. I'm... I'm I'm used to the Ravens always coming in these type of games being the underdog, and they're, right now they're, they're they're just not. They're one of the best teams in the league. I, I think they are the best team in the league. But um, uh, and to me, this is the this is the prove it game. Um, I'm I'm, you know, I'm not gonna say I'm skeptical, but I'm, I'm optimistic. Um, you go and, and put up big points against Houston this week, then then yeah, you're talking about who, who can beat the Ravens. Right. Um, next up, you got the Falcons and the Panthers. Falcons are sitting at two and seven. Panthers sitting at five and four. The Falcons have won five of the last six games against the Panthers, but this is not a same Falcons team that we've seen as they're sitting in two and seven. I'm going with the Panthers in this one. There's also the same Falcons team that just um, put on a beating on one of the Super Bowl. Mm-hmm. I, and and that's you know we see crazy upsets like that, but it wasn't a beating beating. It was 26 points. That's the thing. Even though it was a drumming from a defensive side of the ball, I think Christian McCaffrey has a, has a field day. 
I think the Cavs can get it done against a very not great defense. Next up, you got the Cowboys and the Lions from Ford Field this Sunday. I'll should you there. Yeah. If I didn't say I, I'm taking the Panthers in this one. Oh, I figured you were. Um, I'll actually be at this game, which is kind of funny uh, for, for work stuff, which is hilarious. Um, Need a job? Are you taking me to a game? Yeah, yeah, taking me to a game on a Sunday. Uh, Cowboys, actually, I'm, I'm going to be technically working the game, but I digress. Uh, Cowboys 5 and 4, Lions 3 5 and 1. Dak Prescott, he's lost three straight non divisional road games. I think he breaks that streak this time around. Lions are probably going to have Jeff Driscoll on the field. I believe Matt Stafford's going to be out with if the back If Stafford was playing, this would be one of your game of the week type of situations. Yeah. But that was Jeff Driscoll there, I got the Cowboys. Yeah, we're going with the Cowboys here. I, I got to just roll with it. That streak's going to be broken. Um, and it'll be a fun one to watch because I want to see the Lions get the crap kicked out of them. Um, next up, from Indianapolis, you got the Jags and the Colts. Um, Colts, each game is decided by one possession this season. This one is going to be no different. Jags are 4-5, Colts are 5-4. I don't know that Jacoby Brissett is going to be on the field, but one... I'm looking up right now, because it's a matter of my pick here. But I, I you know, to, I, and that's going to be the question of the day. I, I, he was I, a full participant today. He was a full participant. Oh, boy. That, that makes life a little more difficult, but we do know that Nick Foles will be on the field. I know. So it, it does make this thing a little... Um, I'm going to go ahead and go with the Jags in this situation. I'm hitting Jags yep. as well. I'm going to go with the Jags. I think Nick Foles is going to come out uh, out of the injury situation. He's going to tear the world up. Um, He's going to have a couple good games to, to delay the uh, Minshew Mania. Yeah, the Minshew Mania eventually will come around. Uh, next up from Hard Rock Stadium in Miami, you got Bills and Dolphins. Bills are four and one against the Dolphins in 2017. The Bills are six and three. Dolphins are two and seven. Bills coming off a loss against Cleveland. Um, you know, I, Bills are pissed. Yeah, and they're angry. I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Bills. I think that defense is gonna be too much for the Dolphins. Um, this is, this is gonna be uh, a good game for the Bills here. No, no, I think I'm going the Bills too, and. It, Bills got themselves this question of are they in the, in the elite of teams or are they not? Mm -hmm. they're, they're very middle of the road. And, and I think that's that's kind of what, what a lot of people are starting to identify about the Bills. Um, next up, you got your from, blowout of the week. I don't think it's going to be the blowout here. It's uh, Broncos and Vikings from U.S. Bank Stadium. But the story here is obviously going to be Delvin Cook versus the Broncos' top 10 defense. Um, Vikings are 7 and 3. Broncos are 3 and 6. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Vikings. I think it's going to be a knockdown, dragged out brawl. I think it's going to be a, a brutal one, but I'm going to go ahead and stick with the Vikings here. I think that Vikings defense versus the Broncos defense is going to be the real story here. And I think the Vikings defense is going to shut down Brandon Miller. I don't think it's going to be a story at all. Vikings are going to pick up 35. Wow. Um, it's going to be a, it's going to be kind of like the Bears. Um, Vikings are going to score. Um, well, the Broncos are going to be on the field so little. The defense is going to be tired. Yeah, they're going to get the job done. That's a possibility. It's not going to be the Broncos' defense fault. Yeah, that's, that's a possibility. And, and the other X factor here that a lot of people don't realize is Gary Kubiak. Gary Kubiak has played this team, this Broncos team, quite a few times. Gary Kubiak knows this team. Gary Kubiak knows that zone run offense. I think Gary Kubiak tears him up. Uh, next up from Raymond James in Tampa, you got the Saints, who are seven and two against the Bucks, who are three and six. Drew Brees is four and three in his career record versus Winston head to head. Um, I'm gonna go ahead and go with the Saints in this situation. I think Drew Brees is angry, uh, especially yeah, after that Atlanta I, game. I, I'm, they're not gonna lose two in a row. I'm going Saints two. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's uh, the way to go. Uh, NetX, I, I just read FedEx. 
FedEx Field, Landover, Maryland. You got the uh, Jets and the Skins. Um, the Redskins have zero touchdowns in three straight games. Uh, first time that that's happened since 1940. Um, I'm going with the Jets. Dwayne Haskins is supposed to be starting for the Redskins. I don't buy Dwayne Haskins. I think Dwayne Haskins is, is a bust, and I think he's going to continue to show he's a bust. I'm going with the Jets. I think the Redskins. Wow. I think the Jets suck. The Jets do suck, but really? I think uh, Haskins is going to have a have good game here. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez. I think it's going to be a mess. Um, I, I haven't paid much attention to him. Has he really started? He, he started it. Yeah, I think he's going to Next up, you got Cardinals and Niners. The Cardinals are 3-6-1. and one. Niners coming off of that, that heartbreaking loss against Seattle. Cardinals have won eight of their last nine games versus the 49ers, but I don't think this is going to be one of those wins. I'm going with the Niners in this situation. Um, I like Kyler Murray. I'm convinced that he's the quarterback of the future for the Cardinals, but they need to build around that poor guy. And uh, until that happens, the Niners will continue to win football games. Um, next up from Oakland, in, in the Coliseum there, you got the Bengals, who are 0-9 against the 5-4 Raiders. Uh, the Bengals have allowed 173 rushing yards per game this season, which is the most in the NFL. And the Raiders have Josh Jacobs on the field. I'm going with the Raiders. Raiders as well. Yeah, I think this is just a no-brainer. That, that That's probably your blowout of the week. That's that game. Very well could be. Yeah. Uh, next up, kind of a decent game. It's going to be the, the Super Bowl rematch here. Uh, Patriots in Eagles. Patriots are sitting at 8-1. Eagles at 5-4. Patriots coming out of the bye. Um, four of their last five matchups have been decided by one possession that includes their playoff matchups. Uh, this one's in Philly. I'm going to go ahead and go with the Patriots in this situation. I, you know, I, I know the Eagles tend to have the Patriots number, but I'm going to go ahead and take the Patriots in this situation. I think Tom Brady's going to come out and get nasty. Who are the Patriots? That's been the question. Yep. First time they face a good team, they get shellacked. They got rocked. Lucky enough to get to go in the bye week and, and recover with their room and figure stuff out. I'm 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 gonna double down on, on my preseason. Like Patriots are are beginning the, the the descent. I'm taking the Eagles at home. Ooh, and and you know that could very well be. I the, the Eagles are five and four right now. I, I, the, the question, the thing about it is, we don't know who the Patriots are, but we also don't know who the Eagles are. Correct. And and the Eagles, the Eagles are fighting for more right now. The Patriots. Right. Can lose right now. Right, and, and the Eagles have been so hit or miss throughout this season. I just I can't. I can't in good conscience say, hey, you know, I, I'm taking the Eagles. Um, I'm, I'm going with Pats. Um, next up from uh, the LA Coliseum. Uh, really, they got two games at the Coliseum this week. Um, Bears and Rams. Uh, the Bears are four and five. Rams are five and four. The Bears have lost four of the last there are two games at LA. Oh, it's the Oakland Coliseum and then the LA Memorial Coliseum. Oh, sorry. We got to the Chargers game. I'm sorry. They're still in Oakland. I keep forgetting they're in Oakland. I can, all these teams are moving. Yeah, they're not going. They're not going, they're not going to LA. They're going to Vegas. Freaking me out with all these moves. Give me a break. Um, no. The LA Memorial Coliseum. Uh, the Bears and the Rams. Bears are four and five. Rams are five and four. Bears have lost four of the last five games. Uh, they started the season three and one this year, so we had a, a, an interesting thing that you actually shared. Um, that somebody said that the they believe that the Bears have a better shot of going to the playoffs than the Rams do. I don't buy that at all. I I think part of it was heavy with schedule because the Rams have got to go through like well, who's the Bears though? Yeah, Bears got but, some tough teams. 
but the Rams are in deep trouble. The Bears are worse. Yeah. I'm taking the Rams in this one. I'm going with the Rams. Uh, I, I don't think, uh, you, I don't care how good the Bears defense is. If they can't get off the field, it's going to be a tough day at the office. And last but not least, Monday Night Football um, and the L.A. Chargers. Did I get that? The, yeah. the L.A., San Diego, Las Vegas Chargers, wherever the hell they're going. Um, the Chargers are going to Kansas City to take on the Chiefs. Um, I want to talk about this one. This one's going to be in Mexico City, yeah, too. So, which, to me, there's a reason why this is a Monday night. Why? So, last year, oh, the, the over the weekend, they had the field issues. <clears throat> so, last night, they had to try to find a backup plan. Yep. I think they have this game on Monday this year, so they have an extra day to um, get a backup. Yeah. See, here's my problem with these out-of-town games. And I have an issue with the out-of-town games. Whether it be London, whether it be Mexico, wherever. Okay? And, and just so you know, Chiefs have won nine on the last 10, 10 games against the Chargers. But... So, you, you designate a team as the home team. Oh, the Chargers are the home team. Well, that's real great, but who cares? You go to this other city out of town, these people don't care who the home team is. They don't care. They're just happy that NFL's there. That's all they give a crap about. So it's not like the Chargers are actually going to come out and there's going to be a million people wearing Chargers jerseys. The Chargers are going to come out, the Chiefs are going to come out, and they're going to cheer for both these teams equally because they don't really care. They don't have a... There's no real home in this situation. Well, the reason it's the home team is because when they first started doing this... Some of the teams that were bad at a certain time go, hey, we're going to, we're doing this thing with London, Mexico. You're going to give up one of your home games every year for them. And that's a mess. Thank we're goodness good. our teams were decent in this certain stuff was going on. Yeah. So it's the Chargers, the the Jaguars for sure, yep. um, give up a home. They only have seven home games because one of them is in a different city. And it shouldn't be that way. It just should. I mean, I know and I understand that a lot of times it just doesn't matter to these players. They just want to play football. But at the same time, come on, you know, like, I feel like they're almost robbing the fans, too, in their respective towns, of a home game. Of a home game, the team from getting concessions. Right. It's a mess. It's an absolute mess. I hate it. I don't like these games that are are from Mexico City or from London or whatever. I just think that's a mess. But maybe that's just me. But uh, teams on the bye this week, Seahawks. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm getting ahead of myself. I'm going with the Chiefs. Didn't they get out of the slump? Yeah, I think I think they're out of the slump. I'm going with the Chiefs. They're going to be angry. The Chargers aren't playing up to snuff. I'm going with the Chiefs. Did they lose last week too? Chargers. Yes. Oh, they played. They played uh, Oakland. Yeah. And close one. It was a close one. They lost. I'm going with the Chiefs. What the Titans? I'm going with the Chiefs. <laughs> no, I feel like I'm getting myself caught in these things that made you lose this last year uh-huh. and doing weird ass things. But I'm going the LA Superchargers. Oh uh, no! I think they're gonna have a good game. They're gonna they're gonna, they're gonna knock another pedestal, knock Mahomes um, off the pedestal a little bit more. I don't think so. Their defense is so bad. Um, Rivers gonna go out and have himself a game. Mm-hmm. And uh, teams on the bye this week: Seahawks, Packers, Titans, and Giants. The Seahawks are set to take on Philadelphia next week. The Packers take on San Fran next week. Titans against the Jags next week, and then the Giants will take on Chicago next week. And uh, those are your predictions for uh, week 11 here. Yeah, four differences this week. This could get interesting this, quick. This one's going to get ugly. I think I've got the I, – I, th- I feel like I've got the high ground. Yeah, I'm taking the risk here. I, I feel like you're taking Across risks. Across the board. I feel like you're taking risks because you're, you're uh, you know – Because last year was up like 10. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and, and I took risks, but I did close the gap. 
Not in the regular season, the playoffs she did. Yeah, I, clo- I, I did close the gap in the playoffs. But, and, I mean, I, I'm, now I'm, I'm winning. <laughs> I've, I've had a... You a, got me in a manic, like, all right, screw it, Redskins. <laughs> oh, Jesus. I don't understand why he took the Redskins, but hey, that's me. But anyway, folks, um, thank you so much for listening. Quick shout-out to Paul Crum. Thank you so much for getting us our... Uh, Sound bites and things like that. Uh, shout out to our sponsor at It's Your Time Massage. Tyler, have you gotten a massage yet? Yeah. Get a massage. Um, <laughs> and uh, you know, and and actually, it was kind of funny. One of my one of our friends, Verdi. Um, well, was it Verdi? Yeah, he had a massage therapist that gave him a massage for free, and and he cheated on Amanda. He cheated on Amanda with another massage therapist. <laughs> so no, uh, but check out Issue Time Massage. I I highly recommend it to to anybody. Amanda is tremendous. Um, you can check it out at iytmassage.com or you can check her out at It's Your Time Massage on Facebook. Um, get yourself a massage. Uh, don't forget, it's your time, Tyler. It's your time. Um, not yours though. No, not mine. Never, never mind. And that's a funny story, but. Uh, <sighs> Unreal. Unreal. I hate snow. Polk. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ugh. But anyway, folks, thank you so much for listening, and uh, we will see you next week uh, right here on the Outside Blitz. Join us soon on the Outside Blitz, and be sure to follow on Facebook at facebook.com backslash the Outside Blitz, and feel free to email us questions at the Outside Blitz at gmail.com.